This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts... Joe Lanza. X out. Go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> I love you. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Cranch alongside, as always, King of Banter. Very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? I'm ready for the hot takes. Ready for the hot ready takes? To give you hot takes. Yeah, piping hot, hot takes, takes, I think. Yeah. And yeah, we got hot takes on destruction. We got Clash of Champions. We got Bloodsport. We got some some All Japan and whatnot. And I know you're trying to bury the lead here. Your birthday's coming up. Is this correct or not? Uh, yeah, it's correct. <laughs> you, brought it up, you brought it up to me. So, so now you gave me an interesting scenario. I brought it up off the air. Like, Correct. That yes, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so you gave me a scenario where where you had mentioned two gifts that you sort of didn't ask for, but because you can never like at a certain age, you can't ask for gifts anymore. But you can allude to gifts. Are, would you say that both these things that you expect that you might get were alluded to and not asked for, or were they blatantly asked for? Look, when your birthday's coming, and everybody does this, okay? You walk around the house. And you just mention things that maybe you don't want to go buy yourself if you don't have to. And maybe the other person picks up on that. And just maybe you get those things for your birthday, right? I mean, you do that, right? Everybody does oh, that. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so not necessarily. So, yeah. yeah, of course. I didn't say I, I, I want this, but sort of like, oh, man, it'd be nice to have one of these. No, no, no. <laughs> like, you know, oh, man. Yeah, life man, would be easier with one of these. A... Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, of course, I've been doing that. Yes. So the two scenarios you laid out uh, for potential gifts are a uh, a new laptop, which I think you very desperately need. Uh, anybody who <laughs> listens to the show or or knows the behind the scenes of this knows that that is desperate. And, and you do a lot of work on your laptop as well, so it'd be nice to get a new laptop. Or, and this is the gift you're absolutely 100% getting, so we're not even going to talk about the laptop anymore. You've also alluded to a meat grinder. Now, what does one do with a meat grinder, Joe? You grind meat. Other than grind meat. I got okay, I got that. Okay. On a on a bigger level than that. What what what's what are you grinding? How does how does the process of a, a meat grinder work? Is this old school? Is it like a crank? Are you cranking stuff out of here? Is this electric? Like what, what are we what are we doing here? I'm sure in this day and age you don't have to hand crank your meat. <laughs> I would hope that you did. I was doing the motion too. I, listen, I don't, you can't see it, but you know the motion I'm doing, right? Where you're like, you know, you got your like your your, your you know apron on and you're just Shoving like raw meat into this thing and grinding it, and, and you're, so it's not that they have, uh, they think, have electric listen, ones these days. So. I think we all hand crank our meat if we're being honest. But get it, Rich? It's a masturbation <laughs> joke. That's a masturbation joke. I, oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. One over. See my head. that one went over yeah. your head. That yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, yeah. I went for the the low level masturbation joke, and you didn't even. But yeah, they, yeah, they. You know, you don't have to hand crank. Uh, hand crank meat grinders anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's electric. But you're right. That's absolutely what it's going to be, not the laptop. 
Yeah, I mean, you can you can yeah, mark it, that one down. I can guarantee you. Right. Yeah, because when we look at it, like there's there's two options here. So he said the laptop, which just allows you to do more stupid podcasts and watch more wrestling. Uh, and occasionally do some other stuff as well, possibly right. work-related stuff. But no, who cares? That's all bullshit. Nobody cares about that stuff. Watch porn and crank my the meat. The meat grinder, though. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can grind your meat and, and, and at a faster speed and whatnot. And, and there, you know, there's no need for that whatsoever. But the meat grinder, of the two options, and this is, I don't know if you're guilty of this, too, of buying gifts that, that could benefit you as well. Because it's always good to give somebody a gift and it's like, oh, this is exactly what they wanted. Or they're going to make the most out of this. But if we're being honest, the best gifts are the ones that are good for everybody, for the entire household. You know, at a certain point, once you get married and once you're living with somebody, something that's like, hey, you know what? We can both use this. I know you want this, but I can use it. So the meat grinder is 100% the gift you're going to get here because she's now going to eat well. You've been talking up these meats that you're going to grind or whatnot. Like, you really honestly, and there's, like, what is the percent chance that she's going to get you that laptop over the meat grinder? Zero. Like, what are the odds? We're betting men. It's it's zero. If if my bookie, yeah, if my bookie.ag had uh, a number on this, what would it be? It's zero percent. I'm getting the meat grinder. I can guarantee you that because the meat grinder benefits her as well. Because she knows I'm going to be in that kitchen using the meat grinder, making delicious food for her. So <laughs> right, it's it's right. it's it's absolutely going to be the meat grinder. When I was a teenager, yeah. right? When I was a teenager, when you say you buy gifts that you can use as well, right? One Christmas, I bought video games for everybody in the house, including my mother <laughs> and father. That's that's aw- that's great. Yeah, the, the old hey mom, yeah. you can play this game with me. It's like yeah, I don't remember NFL <laughs> Madden ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't remember. Fun. Yeah. I don't remember the game I got my mother, but like <laughs> I, I remember distinctly, I got my father Tiger Woods golf, right? Because I I figured I just tied a golf into it, you know. But it was for me, obviously. That's you not know? a bad so, gift though. Those games are. Fun. you know i'm sure he did he watch you play it at least for 10 minutes or no yeah like he probably played it for 10 minutes and then watched me like they knew my hustle you know so it's like i totally understand the gift thing where you're really just buying it for yourself i get that but yeah the the laptop benefits benefits her zero so I, i'm i'm i think i'm getting look who says she doesn't go off the board that's true too. It's risky. The, the off the board thing is risky. Are you a? Uh, and I guess it's a good question to kind of follow up with. Are are you are you somebody that would appreciate an off the board one, or do you kind of get your mindset? Okay, I want like these certain things that I've been alluding to. And if she goes off the uh, off the charts, are you going to get well, not not mad, but like disappointed because you really got your heart set? Like like after this conversation, you're thinking about that meat grinder, Joe. You're going to go to bed with with visions of prime rib burgers dancing in your head, and and you might wake up to not that. And and are you ready for that, Rich? I really need the laptop. <laughs> but look, it's it's look if it sucks, if it's off the board and it sucks, then yeah, you're disappointed. If it's off the board and it's a pleasant surprise, then I guess you're happy. The other thing is, honestly, I don't even need anything. You know, I'm, I'm it's like uh, the whole fucking thing where you got to open it and everyone's looking at you. I don't, I don't need. I'm not a big fan of that. You know, I never no, I'm, I'm, I'm gift agnostic. I could, I could definitely like. I, I even told my, I think the last time my mom was over, I was just like, you know what, Christmas, let's just not even like do. It. Like, I need to buy a new car and so just like, don't just hand me some money and call it a day. like. I don't want gifts. I don't want to watch people watch me open gifts. Like, it's just, it's all weird. I don't like the attention and it's just stupid. It's just me going to stores to buy shit for you and you going to stores to buy shit for me. It's just like, forget it. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I really legitimately in my life do not need a single thing except for a new car. That's it. Like everything else is fine. And if I want it, I could just get it because I'm an adult. So yeah, I really don't want for much. I really need a laptop though. Like 
I really need one. This is getting bad. I can't use. See, are you the kind of guy? I don't know. Do, do you have a laptop for work, or your job doesn't really? Uh, no. Do everything. Okay. Yeah. So, my job gives me a laptop, right? But I legitimately refuse to use it for anything but work. You know what I mean? So, I never have even logged into a personal email on that thing. Like I just keep it straight down the line, separate. I don't risk anything on the work. Yeah, not, you're not grinding you know any. Saying? You're not grinding any meat on that uh, on that thing for for anybody in your you know HR department to look at and go, oh boy. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> call not. Joe, call Joe you for know, a meeting on Wednesday. So eventually, they're gonna get that thing back. And as you know, you can't really remove anything permanently from a hard drive. So I'm not doing anything on there that isn't a million percent work related. The laptop I'm using right now to record this podcast, this thing is a, there's masking tape. There's, this thing is like literally in pieces. It's, it's something else. Rich, I really need a laptop. Maybe you can, you know, pony up for Lance's birthday. I'm thinking right? about Who it. Knows? I'm Maybe, think about uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Send you a laptop and a new microphone and uh, I'll be all set to go. So uh, I will definitely use voice wrestling. You with this microphone, you, you, <laughs> you very badly want me to get a new microphone. Maybe that's what I should have hinted around the house. Right? I got a microphone for Christmas. This microphone has served me well. Yeah, Michelle got you me did. this microphone right. that I have right now. So that's, uh, I would have never thought to ask her or allude to it. But uh, yeah, it just popped up one day. Uh, nice brand new microphone. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Maybe the, uh, the myself and the listeners can pull together uh, voicewrestling.com slash Amazon uh, purchase there. The, all I care about is if no matter what she bought for you, I hope she used that Amazon link. So. Uh, that's all I hope. I know she's she's pretty good about it, so I hope that uh, if I see it, well, I can. Ooh, I, I wonder if I could actually see what you're getting. I wonder, if, like, that's I'm a sure, good point. You might be able to pretty, see what I'm yeah, getting. Hold on a minute, one sec. Let me. She I'm not going to tell you what it is, that link. but I want to see if I uh, if I can uh, I can see it here. So I've got Amazon. Uh, I feel a bit from uh, between the sheets, but uh, here we go. We had the bit first. Um, if if <laughs> we, I've got Amazon packages coming to this house daily. So I, I didn't even think of that, but it was probably one of those was my, uh, you know, meat grinder that I, I can, wish uh, was a laptop. Yeah, I won't, I won't reveal the actual answer. I just want to know for myself. But, but see, uh, this is the absurdity yeah, well, of it. I can, I'll, I'm just going to go buy a laptop. That they have <laughs> right, whichever one, whichever one. If she buys you a laptop, you're going to buy the meat grinder. If she buys you the meat grinder, you're going to buy the laptop. It's yeah, stupid, so I'm going to, so. yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're not just going to talk about meat grinders and laptops uh, here today. We're also going to talk about some did other... You find, did you find a gift? Um, so unless you're getting uh, New Balance shoes or uh, Diablo 3 for the Nintendo Switch, no, I do not believe... Um, you uh, might not be getting any okay. of these unless you're getting New Balance shoes. Are you a size 14, Joe? I would, no, I'm not. Okay, then um, I don't think those that, are Those are some enormous I, I want to know who that I, mean, is. I saw that. My God. 2E2, 14 two. It's a wide... 14. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> that is an enormous who are you with the giant feet? Because it's a listener, obviously. Correct. So they're, yeah. They're listening to us bury their feet right now. But size wonder. 14 double E. What the fuck? Like is is giant Baba a listener? What is going on here? <laughs> Those are some enormous are you, uh, feet. Didn't actually work all that well. Fly by hangover cure and prevention pills. So you can prevent hangovers. I don't know. Uh, you're a man who doesn't drink, so I don't think that's happening. prevention pills? <laughs> yes. So that is awesome. And they bought it on our link. How yeah, that's good. That? Uh, that's good stuff. Voicewrestling.com slash Amazon. You can uh, buy stuff and then we could bury you on the air and 
call you fat or say that you have big feet or something like that. So it's uh, remember it's yeah, really remember good. when I talked about the Rhino XL dick pills and then somebody bought a six pack of dick of Rhino <laughs> yeah. XL dick pills yes, they did. on Amazon. <laughs> so it's like, Blue Chew, we're right here. I, I know you geez, idiots. Yeah, you guys. Not, we have we have already proven that we can sell dick pills. That and, we can uh, sell dick pills, absolutely. So. I don't know what they're waiting for. To get a pack but, uh, of twenty-four uh, of Blistex lip balm—that'd be a, that'd be a good gift, you know. Be good forever. <laughs> be good for years. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Twenty-four pack of Blistex lip balm. That is uh, that's pretty awesome. Why does that come in a pack of twenty-four? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're good for the year, though. I mean, think about it. If you're maybe somebody who uses it pretty often, that pack of t- you're good now. You're not you're not running out to Walgreens, or, uh, you know, any uh, any corner store or anything to get lip balm. You're good. You're good the rest yeah, but- of the year. Then. How chapped are your lips? <laughs> I, I, like, that's a great question for uh, are, our, our are man a, with the fourteen. <laughs> what, fourteen? Are uh, you a leper? Why? Why <laughs> do you need that much lip balm? I mean, what's happening here? Holy shit! Uh, there's a drain opener, which I think I might have bought that. That might actually be actually right. What actually we did serve some more drain opening, so that may have been me. But anyway, uh, there's that. I'm trying to think of any other. Uh, not really any other fun ones here. Uh, oh, a George. Are, are you a George Foreman grill guy or no? Have you uh, have you long since? Uh, no, I listen. I will still throw a slab of meat on a Foreman grill. Absolutely. Well, that might be what you're getting served because somebody bought a George Foreman four serving removable plate grill and panini press. And I know I'm I'm looking at your family right there. Two kids, TLB, you, four serving. I think you might be getting a George Foreman grill. So, yeah, remember you said twenty two how... bucks. That'd be a shit. <laughs> Yeah, remember how you said if they go off the board, are you disappointed? I'd be real real disappointed if I got that Foreman grill. Real disappointed. Panini press. Well, that might be it. So uh, hopefully I didn't uh, didn't ruin it there. But uh, there you go. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. Uh, But no no meat grinder or uh, meat grinder laptop. You know, maybe she couldn't find a laptop. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But anyway, again, we have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk about the destruction shows. We're talking about Clash of Champions, Josh Barnett's Bloodsports, a bunch of other stuff. Before we do that, though, we did want to talk about a match from, from earlier this month, one that you watched uh, earlier today. I uh, told me to go and watch it as well, so I've seen it. And we're here to talk about it. Kento Miyahara versus Naoya Nomura from September 3rd, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Joe, why did you tell me to watch this match? I'm glad you did. And uh, why should other people watch it as well? What are kind of your thoughts on it uh, as we kind of kick the show off, the, the actual wrestling portion of the show now? Well, it was fucking great. I mean, every Kento Miyahara title defense this year has been great. All of them. But this one, I thought, may have been the best. And he's had some great ones. But I thought that this was such a huge match for Nomura. And I think that this... And, and Miyahara, you know, he he successfully defended the title. Nomura lost, but I think this was a real good positive step for Nomura. I think I'm almost ready. I'm almost to the point where I'm, where I'm going to say I'm ready. I think Nomura could win the title now. And I wasn't ready to say that after Champion Carnival. And, you know, it, it's now after that match, I think that, like, if they built him back up in in a few months for another title shot, I, I I don't think it would be a terrible move to put the title on him, which I, I feel like I never would have said that, never would have thought I'd be saying that six months ago. And I think Nomura at this point, because he's the story here, not Miyahara. Miyahara, we all know, is great. Mm-hmm. 
and I thought that he was awesome in the match. I love this subtle heel she does um, because I think it helps guys like Nomura when the fans... It's almost like Miyahara is telling the fans, it's okay, you can root for this guy. Do you know what I mean when I say that? It's like it's like a little subtle nod, like you can get behind, and, and Nomura needs the fans behind him. No, Miyahara doesn't need that anymore at this stage. So I like how he works that way, and I like how he worked that way in this match. And I feel like at this point, Nomura has just blown past Jake Lee where it isn't even worth talking about anymore. Like, they're not even close at this point. Like, they were neck and neck, and then maybe one would inch ahead of the other. And then no, it looked like kind of Nomura would, uh, would, would blow past him, and, and now they, he has. Um, I'm interested with your take on that because I just feel like Nomura is now forging a crowd connection that Jake mm-hmm. Lee just continues to struggle to get to. So what, what, what do you, what do you, well, I guess what do you think of the match? I mean, I almost went the full five on this, um, which means that I didn't because if I'm saying that I almost did, you know, <laughs> right, if right, I have right. any doubt, I'm not like, I don't think it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. So I didn't go the full five, but you know what? I wanted to, like, I really, really wanted to, um, because I, you know, just, you know, opening it up with that with that spot on the outside with the corner post and then Miyahara selling the body the rest of the way. And then the closing stretch with Nomura, again, just, you know, avoiding the straight jacket German and all that. And then Miyahara not finally catching him. And we always brag on how he just it feels like he's holding these guys up in the air for a for a fucking eternity before he drops that hammer on him with that German. And there's it always such drama. The fans are always squealing and screeching. It's just such a great atmosphere. And I really think Nomura gained so much from this match. So uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, no, I really loved it as well. And I think one thing that I, I, I really did like about it as well, and, and it speaks to your point, and I think the point that a lot of people got when they were done with this match is, is Miyahara, it was passing of the torch is maybe not the right term, but like getting as close to allowing the passing of the torch to happen. You know, does that make sense? Like he didn't lose to him. He didn't have no more win the triple crown over him, but it was as close as you get. It was, it was basically Miyahara saying, look, this guy is coming. This guy is going to be the next guy. He is going to beat me sometime soon. So get ready for it. You know, get behind this guy. You felt that in the match as well, because one thing that, that, that I really liked about this and in prior matches that these guys have had, Miyahara is kind of prone to doing this uh, in his matches too. And I love it is that he'll take, opponents lightly he's kento fucking miyahara in all japan like he's the god you know he's he's beat everybody he's had this title forever he's you know had long reigns and stuff so when he's in there against a guy that he deems him you know unworthy of the spot he he kind of toys around with him he plays around with him he kind of you know it takes him lightly and in this case he briefly took no more lightly but then almost immediately got over that and almost immediately started being aggressive dick miyahara who wasn't kind of playing around with this guy but realizing oh dude I've, i gotta like beat the fuck out of this guy so he really went like vicious with it like he really made sure that it it wasn't this kind of toying around and playing because miyahara is, is prone to doing that and i like that story i love when some of those matches go over 10 minutes of him just kind of like showing off or kind of having a good time or whatever then realizing oh shit i better put this guy away and then putting him away that's sort of the default uh, as of late, the Miyahara story, which is fine. I like that story a lot. This one was like much quicker. It got to the, the, the action and much quicker. It got to the point where Miyahara was like, oh, fuck, like I can't take this guy likely. Like, he's going to come out of Cork and Hall and beat me for this triple crown. So instead, you had Miyahara sort of adapt and, and not be sort of lackadaisical or, or, you know, playful, but just be an asshole, just an out and out asshole to this guy and do everything he can to sort of beat him. So in a way, sort of showing his superiority, superiority, but not necessarily in the way that like he didn't, re- he didn't show respect 
to Nomura to show that like I'm still better than you, but fuck, man, you're you're, you're giving me all I can give you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna work and work and work and try to get it. And and like you said, just kind of build and build and build and build, and then you get to that finishing stretch, which is just awesome because every single kickout there was there was a, a maximum, I believe, is what Nomura calls it, the Death Valley Driver. Is that correct? It's it, I think that's called maximum. Um, but they, the crowd went new. The, the crowd thought that that was the finish. I mean, he he got him in the pin, and I remember Nomura even like hooked the arm to make it even seem like oh shit, like he's hooking the arm. He's like making it even look like it's more like and 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 Miyahara kicks out, and the fans just go nuts. And it's like all right, cool. Maybe he just needs one more. Maybe Nomura just needs one more of those moves. And I I, I kind of no, I knew the finish, but I still found myself buying it. And that's I love when matches do that too, where Nomura picks him up for another Death Valley Driver, and you're like oh fuck, like. He's going to hit another one here. Oh, what the hell? You know, like, I know Miyahara is going to win, but, like, how are they going to do that? What's going to happen? And and Miyahara just slides out of it. And then, you, like you said, hits that release German suplex, or the straight jacket German, I should say, and holds him in the air for, like, what felt like 10 minutes, like, legitimately 10 minutes, and then drops him down with a very high angle, too. I thought that was that was notable, too, that Miyahara put a little bit more sort of gusto on it and then got the pinfall there. So really good stuff, though. They had a forearm strike exchange that got the crowd going nuts. You had the perfect – you know a match is good when they do the the – the wide shot zooming in on the ring at Cork and Hall. Like, I love that shot. That's like something big happens. There's a kick out. There's some moment that the crowd's going nuts for, and they do the thing where they'll go wide and they do it in New Japan. They do it almost, you know, Noah does it too. Dragon Gate will do it sometimes too, where well, they'll go wide and then they'll just slowly zoom back in on the ring. And that's like, oh shit. Like, this has been awesome. Feel this moment. Get involved in this moment. Like, feel, you know, feel like you're here. And I love that, that camera shot. And this match definitely lived up to it. So uh, I'm with you. I don't know if I can go straight five stars but like i'm four and a half four and three quarters i'm right up there i mean it's one of the one of the better matches i've seen all year and a match that i really really love i just couldn't go all the way on the five for it but i wouldn't argue with anybody who did and 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 i'm sure people that that really watch you know every single all japan you know show that makes tape might find this even better because they're really invested in the namora story but me just the guy who you know watches kind of some of the big matches watches kind of the hype stuff i still bought into it too and they did a great job in this match of of, of really letting you get into the namora story and by the end there was no way that you were rooting for miyahara you wanted namora to hit that maximum and pin this guy for the one two three and the fact that it didn't happen like you said that's always it's always kind of a fun thing to know okay it didn't happen here but the match felt like oh shit it's gonna happen soon and that's almost sometimes a better build than just having Nomura go in there and, and, and beat him. Now you've gotten the sort of the visual that oh shit, Nomura can do this if he if he really everything kind of goes right. And now you're more hungry for that to happen if and when it does eventually happen. So no, I, I absolutely loved it. I think that the only thing Nomura lacks after the carnival and after this match, I, I feel like he's ready from a crowd connection standpoint and a credibility standpoint. You don't want to put a title on a guy before the fans feel like he deserves it or that he can credibly hold it. That's a dangerous thing to do because then you can ruin his future by, you can really uh, ruin the future of a guy who, who should be a, uh, uh, an eventual title holder and person to carry your company. If you, if you strap him up too early and, and it just, it just, you know, you can set the guy back, you can, and, and potentially ruin him. The one thing I think he's lacking, he needs a new look. He, he does not have a main event look. He looks like a mid-card schlub, you know, with the messy haircut and the, the generic yeah, the biker shorts. And, yeah, the biker you know, shorts he, that don't quite fit all that well. Like Okada wears the biker shorts, but he makes them look like they're they're silver. They're you know they're gold. They they fit him perfectly. <clears throat> Nomura still looks like like guy that just got a training school, you know, a few days ago, and that's all he has right now. So, and it's weird because you look at Kaito uh, Kiyomiya in 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 Noah. They gave him a main event look. He's got the robe now. He's doing the whole uh, tribute to Masawa with the, with the colors. And he got a new haircut. And he looks like a fucking million-dollar world champion 
just I don't feel like it's like he's lacking the things that I think Nomura has. It's like if you combine those two guys, you've got a dude who's ready to be a superstar, right? But it's like Nomura, he's lacking event superstar look. I think that's the only thing at this point that concerns me with him. Um, but otherwise, I think, and you know, Miyahara just a tremendous job getting this guy to that level in his matches with him and the way he worked this one, you went over a lot of it. I talked about it a little bit, but Miyahara just this year, he's just, this is why he's peaking as a worker this year. It's that it's like he, he, he's working with that edge that he didn't ever had before. And he's got that, uh, he, he, he doesn't wrestle like, uh, just the pure baby face, um, you know, struggling to beat these guys like like Suji Ishikawa and and um, and, and and Zeus and, and and all these you know veteran dudes. Like he's different this year. He has an edge to him. He's the fucking man, and he knows it. It's kind of like what you were talking about. And he does kind of you know he, he's an asshole sometimes. And 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 right, that works. Right, and, right. and what he's doing is he's not just getting himself over anymore, which was kind of the story of the last couple of years. Absolutely. Now he's yeah, so before. good that he knows what he has to do to get to get his opponents over and get a guy like Nomura over. Right. I, I think one thing that I always liked about Miyahara those those prior few years, and I, not not kind of interrupt your point, but it always felt like, and he would do this when he came out too. It was like, I'm here. Let's go along on this journey together. Like, let's grow all Japan together. I will lead us to the next. Like, he'd come out and like tell fans that they weren't being loud enough. You know what I mean? He would go to the fans and say, "Come on, make more noise. Let's." You know, let's. He was like the, the cheerleader. He was the all Japan cheerleader, and he came out saying, "I am the guy, and and follow me, and we will we will ch- par- you know chart a new path in all Japan for wrestling." And and with me as the leader, like we can all do. It, it felt like a communal thing. Like the fans were in it with him and every win and every move and everything like that was all about growing him and growing all Japan for wrestling. But like you're saying, now he doesn't need to do that. They, they've gotten to a certain point and now it's about trying to get the other guys over. So you're starting to see him not necessarily do the thing where he's, he's telling the fans, Oh, get behind me. He's very much actively in the ring saying, get behind that guy. And that's why I kind of mentioned with the no more, like there was no way you could watch this match and root for Miyahara. Like you wanted no more to win. Miyahara was being an asshole. No, no more, you know, no more was the guy that was just, you couldn't help but try to cheer for him. And that that's, that's all the credit in, in a lot of ways, you know, no more obviously to, to you know, for, for the way he's working, but a lot of that goes to Miyahara too, who can get the crowd in the palm of his hand and get them to do whatever he wants. And in this case, chooses to say, no, 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 don't root for me, root for this guy. And I think that's a really important change in, in what he's been doing in 2019. Yeah. I, you know, I think no more should win the next one. Um, I don't know when they should do it. Um, but I, I do think he should win the next one. And I am so over Jake Lee. He can, he can fuck around with the dopey all Asia tag titles with Iwamoto and just, you know, he, 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 there was, there was opportunity there for a guy like Jake Lee who has all the tools and has the size and everything else to grab it by the throat in a company, it, which is dying for guys to step up, up and become and, and fill spots and become a star because they desperately need it because your Ishikawas and your Suwamas, I mean, these guys are, you know, 40 years old and, uh, you know, on the downsides of their careers. And, 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 uh, you know, it's like just a company dying for people to step up. And the opportunity was right there for that guy. And he never grabbed it by the throat and he never looks, he always looks disinterested. Um, he very rarely delivers when he's put in the big spot. And no more as the guy who just came up and, and basically took his spot and, and, and he's earned it. He's, he's, he's absolutely earned it. And, um, you know, I, I, at this point, I, I do believe that 
if they wanted to pull the trigger on him, I I wouldn't have any problem with it. And I think it would work. So um, I expect Nomura to be a legitimate fixture in the mix. And then, you know, and then at that point you look and see, okay, you know, did the guy draw? I mean, this match did 1300 in Cork and Hall. You know, it's not an incredible number, but it's not a disaster either. Maybe next time out, you know, after this match, as they continue to build him up, he can do a stronger number in a title challenge. Maybe you don't even do it here. And then, uh, and then you go from there. But um, very encouraged by this. I'm all about Nomura now. I, I feel like he's ready. You know, I feel like, you know, if I'm, if I'm running this company, you know, if I'm booking this company, I'm not even thinking about Jake Lee anymore. I, you know, it's just, he is what he is. He, he just, you know, and he's a nice guy for your mid card now. And, and, and as we've talked about, he's not even that young anymore. Okay. It's not like you, Jake Lee is 30 years old now, Rich. Yeah. Which is insane. That. Yeah. That is, that Doesn't is kind of nuts. Like we were just and I know. I, it just seems like I was, I was just yesterday drafting him in our, uh, our, uh, Alan Forrell Perot draft, uh, the Joe Gagne special there on the F4W online. Uh, we do our Christmas <laughs> special. Yeah. Five years ago when he was 25. Right. Exactly. And it looked like, yeah, I know. It's like, the it's world not, his, yeah. You know, right. It's just it's not so, going to happen with that guy. Right. And now Nomura is the one. He's 25 years old. This is the perfect time to start building him up. And, and um, you know, I, I, I think he's the guy. But a, a great match. I noticed that uh, I didn't even know Meltzer. Were great. Meltzer went three and three, uh, four and three quarters on it. I hadn't even noticed that uh, cage match. The inmates, Rich, they have it at 9.32. I forgot that Grapple has all Japan. I wonder what they've got. Let's yeah, see let me see. I actually have the app uh, ready pull to pull that up faster. To, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can pull it up. Da, 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 <laughs> oh, you know, I clicked the wrong thing. If, the, yeah. if you're gonna fill the air with with, with awful <laughs> yeah, humming noises. of a tune, <laughs> then you may as well just leave dead air. I mean, it's awful. But you're, you're humming a tune. Jeez. Uh, um, all right. Let's see here. I still got there faster than you. Uh, four point five six. I was gonna say four point six. I know the grapple users. So, yeah, it's a great match. You know, September 3rd show, Cork and Hall. Yep, and if you go to if All Japan TV, check that out. Uh, if you go to All Japan TV as well, they have it as a, uh, a featured uh, video as well. So they have a little scroll bar uh, that goes through, and I think there's, you know, one of the more recent shows, and I think the second or third scroll uh, is the show. So you don't have to go look around. They, they know it's an important match, too, and they know it's a good match, too. Uh, so there's a reason it's it, it's featured. So, yeah, even if you go to All Japan TV and, and, and want to check this match out, uh, very easy for you to find. And All Japan TV, I mean, is a great service as well. They do a uh, – the video quality is also always awesome. I, it is way better than New Japan World in terms of, like, A, knowing my login, B, knowing where I was in the video, loading the video, all that sort of stuff just works a lot better uh, on All Japan TV. So, yeah, that's uh, – if you've never dove in yet – It'll pick up where – It'll pick up where you left off, which New Japan World doesn't do, and I I I love that it does that. You know, you, you got to remember where you're leaving off with New Japan World, and then fucking attempt to fast forward back to where you were, which is <laughs> a nightmare. Works. Yeah, but, it's always awful, and you always either go yeah. past the finish, and you just watch like the winner holding his hands up in the ring, and you're like, fuck. Or it's like way back, and you watch five minutes, and then realize you've already watched that five minutes or whatever, and you're like, well, okay, well, I've already watched the five minutes again another time, so I might as well, like, I got that recently when I went, I, I tried to go back and watch the fucking G.O.D. Yoshihashi Ichi, which we'll talk about, obviously, here in a little bit, and, and I fast forward, and I'm watching, and I'm watching, and I'm watching it. I, Joe, I went and rewatched like 10 minutes of that shit show again yeah the second time in a row and I'm, I'm halfway through it 
And I'm like, ah, sounds this looks familiar, but I could have just been like whatever. And then a spot happened, and I'm like, motherfucker, I've seen all this already. God damn it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch that match yeah. one time, but I had to watch it twice. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, the all Japan TV, it just picks up wherever you left off on any on any uh video, either a show, a match, whatever. So it's it's very helpful. Sai and Zeus beat the violent giants for the uh tag team titles. I don't know if you watched that one, but I only, um, yeah, I only went to the main event there. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to write home about. It was fine. I like this Akira Francesca guy that they brought in this junior. Uh, I I love everything I've seen from him. He's he, look, he's not a a polished worker at this point. He's not great or anything, but, but there's something there and it's exactly what the all Japan juniors needed because he brings a little juice. He brings a little juice to a division that badly needs some juice. You know, I'm not suggesting they should push him to the moon or anything, but you can tell that they're going to push him. Like, y- y- you know, when that you can just tell that eventually they're going to push a guy like that's where he's at right now. Like he's losing all of his singles matches as well. He should, you know, to guys like Tajiri and Hikaru Sato and everything, but the way he's losing, it's designed to rally the crowd behind him as an underdog. And you right. just, you can tell that eventually they're going to push this guy. And, you know, he needs to put on some weight. I mean, he's tiny, tiny. Um, so there's a slight, even as a junior, there's some credibility issues there right now. But, you know, it, 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 if you wait a year or two and he still sticks around and I can't see him going anywhere, this is a guy who I think they'll eventually push. He's a guy that I, I love watching. I love watching him. And the other guy I love watching in this company, I do not miss a single match, is Yasuke Okada. I will watch any Yasuke Okada match. He is just my guy right now. He's one of those guys. Rich, you ever get a guy where you're like, I'm going to consume everything this wrestler does for the next fucking six months? Because you just, they just connect with you. You know, yeah, that's where I'm at with him right now. He is the future ace of the All Japan Juniors. There's no doubt about that. Okay. But it's like, I really hope at some point, They'll give him an opportunity. I think he can work credibly as a heavyweight. I know he's a short guy, but he's kind of thick. But but he's my guy right now. I, I watch even the most pointless six-man tag. I'll watch it if he's in it because he's just a fascinating wrestler to watch right now. But um, so this, Is this Akira Francesca? Talk. Yeah, a little, little kick it off. This Akira, is he, what is he, 14 years old? I haven't seen a video of this kid, but I'm looking at photos yeah, he, of him. Oh my god, this kid is like 13 years old. Like, how old is he? This is what I'm saying. Like, he no, he he just you know he, he's he's a small guy, and and he does have that kind of look. He he just look. He's got to put on some weight. And I'm not saying he's got to you know, get older. He's got to be able to drive. Like, he's not a child, Rich. I promise yet. you. I, Are you sure? I think you're promise wrong. Promise he's not he's a child. I, no, no, he's been wrestling. Well, I guess that doesn't mean anything. But, yeah, that's I mean, he's been say. wrestling you know, for Tyler years. Tyler Bate was wrestling since he was 11, so that, you know. Yeah. I'm sure he's in his early 20s. I'm sure he's Yo, 20 he's or 19. 21. He was born in 1999, November 12th, oh, There you go. I, just said I said he's 20 or 21. I wasn't <laughs> off by a million years. I mean, he's obviously young, but I'm, I'm saying he's not 13. He's a kid. He's like 19, 20. But, um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's not a guy I'd push tomorrow. You know what I mean? But it's like there, there's something there with him. Again, it's like you can tell that there's a there's a crowd connection building, you know, and, and 
and he's he's so different from their other juniors. And and I, I think he's a long term project, you know. But but he's a guy who and he, and again he needs he's real rough around the edges. Okay, he's not any kind of polished worker or anything. Who the fuck knows who he was working with in Italy? Um, but you know he gets some experience under his belt and he keeps at it and. You know, he gets his driver's license and everything, and I think that you know he's eventually a guy that you can uh, do something with. <laughs> Once his mom has to stop dropping him off at the shows, yeah, it could be a could be real useful there. But no, yeah, looks I'll have to I'll have to check out some of his matches. I have not seen him, uh, but I like getting in on the ground floor of guys too, and you can't get any more on the ground floor uh, than a 19 year old in all Japan. So that uh, sounds pretty awesome. So I'll check that out. Uh, comes highly recommended. I, you weren't the only person that said uh, they really really liked that match as well, and they liked him as well. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh, for sure, but of course, we got a lot to get to today. We did not want to just start the show off and all show all Japan. That's good. How, when's the last time we started a show off with all Japan for wrestling? Have we ever started a show God. off with all Japan for wrestling? That might be a first, so probably, but usually, you know, we'll throw in a bouncing around Japan or do it on the back end or something, but I don't remember starting with it kicked it off this week but anyway we got destruction we got two destruction shows we got one coming up uh, as well we got josh burnett's blood sport 2 which we're going to talk about uh clash of champions but before we do that joe you want to let the people know about our sponsor this week mybookie.ag listen rich at the end of a hard week you know what's great it's great to sit down take some time off kick your feet up and watch a little football okay there's nothing like an nfl sunday Listeners to the NFL Intelligentsia, we talked about that last week, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. There's just nothing like an NFL Sunday. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drills, running backs, racing down the sideline with no one to stop them. There's nothing like it, Rich. And there's no better way to make the NFL games even more exciting than to put a little scratch on them. So do the smart thing. You go to mybookie.ag. And no one gives you more ways to win than they do. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Rich, you know I follow the lines. Oh, absolutely. You, know you do. You do. All throughout the week, look, NFL for, Intelligentsia, you're ready. You're ready to go. That's right. I'm always looking for value. Okay, they got the best lines. They've got the fastest payouts. And don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And my bookie dies. G is the best in the business. It's where Joe Lanza gambles, and it's where you should too. Rich, there's no need to bet with a guy down on the end of the block anymore. You don't need I know, you're right, Joe Lanza's you're right. former occupation. You just need you need mybookie.ag. And let me tell you, I wouldn't be telling you to bet with these guys if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this NFL season, this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, they've got parlays, Rich. Okay, if you're the kind of guy that likes live betting, they've got live betting. Rich, join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Did you hear me, Rich? I think I did, but reiterate again because that that doesn't seem right. That's impossible. If you join now, my bookie will double Man. your first deposit. All all you got to do is use the promo code Voices to activate the offer. That's promo code. Voices, V-O-I-C-E-S, go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, uh, a lot of people uh, jumping in with uh, some bets that they've made, so let us know uh, at Voices Wrestling. If you do make a bet, take a screenshot. I know my bookie sends like a, 
uh, a text message and emails when, when you make your bets. So uh, send them over with us so we can laugh at your picks and tell you how wrong you are. MyBookie.ag. Uh, again, like you said, deposit. Use promo code VOICES. They will double that first deposit. MyBookie.ag. It's pretty good stuff there. Uh, the New Japan shows here, we had Destruction uh, in Kagoshima. We had Destruction in Bipu or Bepu. I forget what it is exactly. I think it's Bepu, but uh, people get very upset. I want to get that wrong. And then we, of course, are going to preview uh, the upcoming destruction in Kobe. But, Joe, we have to talk first about the destruction in Beppu on the 15th here. Oh, boy. This, New Japan doesn't usually have shows that, that just don't really land or shows that are no good or shows that there's just not a lot to really sink your teeth into. Man, this was one. And it was highlighted by a semi-main event that was absolute trash. But uh, let's let's talk about the stuff. I only watched the top two matches in the show. Uh, but you watch the entire show. So quickly, if you want to take us through uh, the rest of the stuff that happened in Bepu before we get to uh, the main events. Uh, you had two Young Lion Cups matches. You had Carl Fredericks defeating Yoti Suji. Uh, you had Shota Umino defeating Alex Coughlin as well in the Young Lions Cup. Uh, Fredericks moves to eight points. Suji at two points. And Shota Umino uh, eight points. Alex Coughlin at four. Uh, other matches here. Eight-man tag match. Narita, Taguchi, Nagata, and Yomura uh, defeat Clark Connors, Nakanishi, Michael Richards, and Toa Hanare. Uh, okay, six-man tag. There. Okay, go. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I don't have anything specific about these Young Lions Cups, Matt. Look, they're all good. We talked about it last week. Like, there has not been one that's been below three stars yet. They're in, they're out. They're all below 10 minutes. Um, you know, there's one I want to talk about, I think, that may have been on the uh, on the next show. Or maybe it was, uh, what were the two Young Lion Cup matches on the, uh, on the, on the next Oh, so the next to the Kagoshima one, yeah, the Kagoshima one is going to be uh, Uemura and, and Clark Connors, and then Ren Narita and Michael Richards. Okay, so the Uemura and Clark Connors one from uh, Kagoshima, that's, that's, that? that's Kagoshima. Kagoshima, yeah, that's been the best one so far, though. So in the entire tournament, in my opinion. So if if you don't have time to go back and watch them all now, New Japan World is uploading all of them, even from the spot shows where they're not giving you the rest of the card. They're they're you know just like a best of the Super Junior or whatever. They're giving you every tournament match. Okay, it might it'll be single cam on some of these and everything, but but they're at least giving it to you. And if you don't have time to go watch them all, which which if you have the time, do it because they've all been so much fun, and you can see each guy with their own distinct personality developing. And each guy has kind of developed their own finishing hold, Uminu with the fisherman buster and, and so on and so forth. And and but but the best match, if 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 you really gotta cut it down, that Clark Connors Umora match. And I Rich, I am gonna be so right about this Umora. I mean, you can see him putting it together. And Clark Connors, too, throughout this whole tournament. Carl Fredericks gets all the press, okay, and and deserved. Okay, he's six foot four, whatever the fuck. He looks like he was chiseled out of granite. Uh, you know, he's obviously going to be a star. He, he, he's, he, he's a, already an incredible worker. Uh, he obviously has a great look. He's got the height. He's got the size. He's going to be a heavyweight. But Clark Connors, you know, can fucking go. All these guys can go. But Connors has really, uh, to me, taken a big step forward in this tournament. And Yumura is a guy, especially in this match against Connors. So these two matches here in Bipu. You know, look, they've all been good. So it's like I don't have distinct opinions about all of them. The eight. So what they'll do is they'll have a Young Lion Cup match, two of them. Then they'll have an eight-man tag with the Young Lions who are off for the evening and don't have tournament mm-hmm. matches. And then they'll work an eight-man tag with, like, dads or with, uh, you know, Toa Hanare and people like that. And the matches have all kicked ass. So it's like... If you're going to watch those Young Lion matches, watch the eight-man tag, too, which always goes on third. 
through the whole tour because those matches have been good too. I've enjoyed those matches far more than I've enjoyed, you know, the standard issue six and 10 man tags that have followed. So, uh, yeah, the Lung Lions, the Young Lions Cup has been, you know, just, just fantastic. I mean, it's just been so fun to watch and, and to, and to, and to watch these guys wrestle and develop. Yeah, I'm still unfortunately a little bit behind that, and I'm starting to kind of chip away a little bit here. But uh, I'm hoping that what I can do is kind of carve off some time the rest of this week. Uh, I just watch them almost every one that I can, like you said, because you're seeing those spot shows and you're seeing these other ones. Uh, I'm at a point now where I think I could just go. I've watched like a few here and there, but I really just want to like go back to the beginning and watch every single one of them. And 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 the good thing is they're like seven minutes, eight minutes, or whatever. So you could really like realistically just sit down for a couple hours and get them all knocked out. So that's hopefully what I'm be able to do. Uh, the next few days because I'm really excited about the stuff I have seen so far. Uh, and yeah, like you said, there's a there's a certain and we talked about it last week a little bit too. There's a certain edge to this this group here, and there, there's a reason we're having Young Lions Cup right now. And it's just like there's there, you see so much. You see Fredericks out there. You see you're more out there. Shuto Umino, who's a veteran at this point, basically you know he's there. Even Alex Coughlin, I'm seeing good stuff for Richards and 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 Suji are definitely I think the the back of the pack. Uh, in a lot of ways, but even they're like fine. Like they're, they're completely comp- you know, competent guys, but you're really seeing like stars. There's like f- three or four guys that like are bona fide, legit. Like those guys are going to be stars. And that's, that's pretty awesome. And you can check that out and, and, and watch them kind of sink your teeth into, you know, a tournament like that. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, last week I did my catch up and there wasn't as many matches then, but you know, it only took me like an hour to blow through all of them. Cause right, a lot right. of them are like six, seven minutes. So, you know, it's really not that bad, especially if, you know, you, you, you skip the entrance and you get out of there as soon as the pinfall hits. You don't have to stay for the whole upload. You know, you can get through them. There's been more now. It'll take about 90 minutes, you know, less than, you could probably get through all of them in, in, a, in, in about, you know, less than two hours, less than the time it takes, you know, to watch a full show. So, but they're all worth your time. Rich, I would definitely say do not miss Clark Connors versus Umora, though. That, that's one that you can't miss. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. I already put like a little check mark next to that one to make sure that uh, if I don't have a chance to watch them all in order, that one I will definitely 100% make sure. And then sure. pick out the guys you like. Like, you know, if, you, if you're like, oh, I really want to watch Rendarita, then just watch all the hit. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Well, you Fredericks, I love way. Fredericks. Fredericks did like, he does this drop kick where he flips at the end, and it, I just fucking yeah. love it. It's like so unnecessary and it's so not needed, but it's just like, he's the type of asshole that would do that. Cause he's just like, like you said, he's chisels out of granite and he's just a fucking like amazing athlete. So he just does a flip when he does a drop kick. And I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> you know, yeah. on top of every, <laughs> on top of everything else, he's an incredible athlete. Yeah. He's like, han- he's like aggressively handsome. It's like annoyingly handsome. Yeah. He's, he's per- his body's fucking perfect. And then he's just like a freak athlete. You're like, yeah, hey, I'll just, you know, do a drop kick and do a flip at the last second before my body hits the ground. I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> you asshole. Like, yeah. Dare you. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, he is kind of annoying to be honest. Now that you bring it up, like, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of fucking like annoying. you went to high school with a Carl Fredericks, and you're like, fuck that guy. Like that guy's an asshole, and he's like, he's like nice too. You that's know what I mean? Problem. Like that guy yeah. that's an asshole is also like really nice. You're like, okay, no, 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 no. You can't have good grades. Be nice. Look like look as handsome as you do. Have the hottest girl. Be the quarterback. Like fuck you. I'm supposed to hate you. Why are you nice? Like, yeah. It, <laughs> right, yeah. Because like, you're like, that guy's an asshole. He's like, hey, Rich, how's it going? And you're like, fuck you, dude. Like, go to hell. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, how do you know my name? Fuck off. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. That is kind of the vibe. That is his vibe. Like, you shouldn't know my name. I am so insignificant in your world. I sh- you should not know my name, but somehow you do. That's so, his energy. Um, the guy you want to hate, but you can't hate him. <laughs> right. So you do hate him. Like, it comes from Right, right. You know? 
So his like hair doesn't move either. Like he's he's he finishes this match. It's like seven minutes. Suji's like sweaty mess, and Fredericks has got like a drop of sweat, and he just kind of like tab you know dabs his head a little bit, and his hair is still perfect. And everything. Like, dude, you asshole! I can't believe you're bringing that up because I said to my wife the other day, "Look at the fucking hair on this prick." Really? Look at the head of hair. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. I said, "Look at the head of hair on this prick." You know, it was it was yeah. It doesn't move. You know, and there's no product in it. It's just fucking. It just sits he wakes on his up head like that. Yeah, move. this asshole wakes up like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's stupid. He just rolls out of bed, and his fucking hair looks like that. That might be the most annoying aspect of this man. <laughs> right. I'm in a oh, mirror God. for fucking twelve minutes <laughs> right. with fucking putty and everything else, just to you know, do it. This guy, I'm telling you, it's it, his hair is the most annoying aspect of him. It's thick and it's vibrant. He must be using like that fucking. He must be using fancy shampoo. He's got to be yeah, to get. He only probably isn't. He, no, he's probably using pert, or he's using fucking. <laughs> no, he's using no. He's, he's know, definitely using he's a four. Just, no, he's wearing a. Th- he's, he's definitely using the three in one thing where it's like a shampoo, conditioner, and yeah. body wash. He just shows up to the shower. That's yes. all. You, like I have specific. Like my bathroom is, is is essentially the same thing as you. Like I have like this very specific shampoo that I have and this very specific conditioner I have and, and like all this sort of stuff that I try to, try to craft it perfectly and, and all this stuff to make my hair look like even just to walk out of the house just to make myself feel like I can actually walk out of the house I have yeah. to go through all that effort this asshole like you said he uses per three and one and just squirts it all over yeah. himself and he's ready to go and it's like dude come on yeah 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 that, yeah I'm glad you brought up the hair it really is the most annoying <laughs> really aspect annoying. of this human being I love him, and I also I also hate him. Yeah, I'm just very very envious of him. He's uh, he's got it all. But uh, that's Carl Fredericks. But uh, anything else on these uh, tags? Or you want me to kind of blow through these real quick? No, and then you know the middle portion of the card. Well, I mean, you know, we should talk about you know it was Liger and Rapongi 3K against uh, uh, Dookie, Minoru Suzuki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Um, they're they're continuing the Liger Suzuki thing, which I think um, we thought they might drop, but it clearly looks like that'll be the dome direction now. I think that's fairly right. Obvious. They've gone so far at this point. And I know you and I, we talked about this guy, what about a month or two ago of, you know, is this the thing that we, we should do for dome? And it was like, well, no, it's already hot and heavy right now. Like, let's just, let's just do it, you know, now. And then like, you can do some other stuff. But at this point now we're getting to, you know, mid September, almost the end of September. It's like, you know what? Yeah. At this point, just hold it off for dome. Like there's no need now to like blow it off on some random ass show. Like I thought maybe there was a way to do that, like on this tour or something like that, but we've gotten so close now that, and, and they've done such a good job of keeping it sort of, sort of, sort of fiery and keeping it still sort of like passionate or whatnot. So I say, yeah, why not just hold it off to Russell kingdom? I guess I think there's more you could do with Liger at Russell kingdom. And if this is the direction they've chose, I can't, I can't hate it. I mean, they've definitely given him a great direction to go out with, but uh, it does. I don't know. It just, to me, it feels like there should have been much more that Liger did in his final year, but it's all right. It's, this is still pretty awesome regardless. Yeah. I mean, I I won't have any issue if that's his dome match. I I think that's a great match. I think it's interesting. And I think obviously it's got a, they're, they're doing a tremendous job building it. So I won't have an issue there as far as his final year. Then they're not doing a ton with him. I mean, I mean, I hate to repeat this talking point that that's probably a lot to do with him too. I, he just, I don't get the sense that he cares and he probably turns down a lot of ideas. I mean, he works all of these farewell matches. Like he just worked a farewell match in zero one and he wasn't even like, he didn't pin, he didn't score the pin. Like he was totally not involved in the finish. You know, we saw him at the G one in Dallas in a meaningless tag and they didn't even have him score the pin in that match. I just don't think he cares. 
and I don't think it matters to him. You know, he worked his final Super Junior, and what he didn't he win like no matches, or he went like one in seven or something. Yeah, it something just, like that. It, it wasn't. Yeah, and everybody kind of thought he was going to get like kind of the the gold watch, like the Rocky Run. Or, <laughs> yeah, he never did. Just, so it's like I don't think you know, it, and 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 during his last few years, where even times when they would push him, you'd always read stories of how he was like didn't want that. You know, he'd be like, ah, oh, whatever. You know, it's like he just it, it doesn't seem to be the typical superstar ego on him that someone mm-hmm. with his stature in the business normally has, you know? So I don't know if I put that so much on the, look, don't you think the company would love to milk the fuck out of this and draw a oh, bunch yeah. of houses off? Yeah. Of it? There's no way that they're just saying, ah, no, that guy's old. Who cares? Like there's no way in hell they know how important Liger is. It has to be him saying, nah, 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 don't do that. Worry about the young guys, push other people. I, you know, I'm good. Like, let me do this little program that, that, cause he, you can tell he's, he's putting all that he can into this program as well. He's, he's really getting passionate about yeah. it. He's, he's doing little, little nuggets to stuff that's happened in the past where he's getting unmasked and now he's going to be more aggressive. And, and so there's all these little things that they've been doing. So it's obvious that he's sunk his teeth into this feud. But yeah, there's no way in hell. There, there's a- absolutely no way in hell that New Japan doesn't want to get more out of him. There has to be him saying, no, no, man, I, I'm good. Because yeah, if I, if I was booking it and, and I had a guy that was like, yeah, do whatever. I mean, I'd have the Jushin Liger tour. He'd be, uh, you know, on top of everything. You know, I'd bring all of his old opponents in. I'd do as, as much as I could sort of push him and, and, and draw houses. But it's obvious that there's some hold up there. And I, I cannot imagine. I really cannot imagine that it's New Japan. That's a hold up there. It has to be him. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had a uh, 10-man tag. It was Fale, Fantasmo, Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and Yujiro. Uh, and they defeated Robbie Eagles, Will Ospreay, Kota Ibushi, Togi Makabe, and Tomoaki Hanma. I mean, it's, you know, you, you've seen one. You've seen them all. And this was uh, really a, a setup for what was coming on, uh, on the next show with the uh, Birds of Prey, Rich, challenging Fantasmo and, uh, and Ishimori for the junior titles. And, of course, the Kenta. Kota Bushi case match. Then we had a six man tag. It was the LIJ guys, Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo defeating Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, and Rocky Romero. Uh, that actually was wasn't a bad little match. Look, none of these tags are bad. It's just you know that they're just filler and it's impossible to get into them. In a vacuum, most of them are pretty good. Then you had Evil and Naito uh, defeating Chase Owens and Jay White. Jay White basically teamed with a different Bullet Club jobber on each of the two nights. And, um, you know, on this night, it was Owens. On the next night, I believe it was Yujiro. And uh, they lost to Evil and Tetsuya Naito. And then we get into the business end of the card where Rich will be able to jump in. Uh, Starting with Gorillas of Destiny successfully defending the IWGP Tag Team titles over Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi. I'm happy with the result. As I last week, as we talked about, I decided that I never want to see Yoshihashi win. Just have that be his thing. Okay, that he that that bag of socks. I will never stop using that either. That's great. Um, huh? Never wins a title. And my God, I did not like this match. I you can go first on this one, but to me, it was just in brief summary uh, a heatless, boring uh, match that existed. I, I don't know what else to say. Take it away. Uh, yeah, I, you said there that you never want to see Yoshihashi win a title. I think you could have stopped uh, before the never win a title thing. I don't think I want to see Yoshihashi ever again. It, it is. I've reached a point with him where it's not even like fun bad. It's not like comically bad. It's not like, oh, look how cute he is and how endearing he is. The guy just absolutely sucks. Like There's no need for him to be in spots like this anymore. 
ever again. I mean, when when you can and and really Grills of Destiny again, they don't go out there and have bangers either. Like they, they you know, but I'm not going to put all the blame on them in this match. That was not them. They they played the roles, and there were some spots that weren't great. But when they were in there with Ishi, stuff ramped up. When they were in there with Ishi, because it's fucking Ishi and he's great, the match was good. The crowd cared. I cared. It felt like it had some juice. And then the second Yoshihashi tagged in, including this match structure, which somebody said, I don't know who on earth said, you know what we should do? We should build up a Tomohiro heat spot, Tomohiro Ishii heat spot, where you're going to give a hot tag to Yoshihashi. Because they did that, and Yoshihashi gets the hot tag, walks in casually, <laughs> throws the shittiest super kicks you've ever seen in your life, and the crowd is crickets. They're not making a single... They're not making a peep. Nothing is happening. Yoshiashi is doing this, this feverish, fast comeback, and just nothing is happening. He sucks. He is such a bag of socks, and I never, ever, ever want to see him in a spot like this again. He was horrendous. G.O.D., again, were not great. Ishii, I think, did everything he could, but this was just the match structure was bad. The length, why was this 21 minutes? I mean, God, it never ended. And, and I, you know, I mentioned the story, too, where I went, you know, we we're talking about the scroll bar with New Japan World. Or I go back and I had to watch ten minutes of this match again, and they were just as infuriating and just as boring. So maybe I hated it even more because of that. But it's just like you saw the potential there. There were some spots that really got the crowd going because the crowd wanted to get invested in this. You would see Ishii do something; he'd hit somebody with a headbutt, and they go, "Oh yeah," and they'd, they'd make noise for a little bit. But then Yoshiashi would come in and they would just go right back down, or or or, or you know, lo, uh, you know, Tamatonga would do some boring ass shit for for five minutes, and nobody gave you know, and and there'd be little stuff like that where it would just drag the crowd down, and they just never cared and never cared, and then finally, mercifully, it was over. But it was over because somebody interfered, and then somebody held the tights and and pinned Yoshihashi. So we waited twenty one minutes for Tamatonga, I believe, to roll up Yoshihashi and hold the tights via distraction to retain their titles, and it was just like, God damn it, I'm never getting those twenty one minutes of my life back ever again it's just this stunk god this sucked i'm not letting anybody off the hook for this i just thought it was dull and you know normally yoshihashi is a good hot tag but he wasn't here um but yeah i mean the whole dynamic of this tag team is like tomohiro ishii and his little buddy and you kind of would rather see yoshihashi take the beating and then tomohiro ishii save his little buddy so yeah that kind of that was backwards but you know, Girls of Destiny did the impossible and they had a boring match with Tomohiro Ishii. And that's really hard to do. So, uh, I don't think this was an awful match or anything. It was just dull and uninteresting. And, you know, mostly boring. And, um, you know, Girls of Destiny, every now and then, once or twice a year, they, 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 they have like a really shockingly great match. And then the rest is this what you saw here and you know it, it 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 makes you long for the days of where like killer elite squad would go out there and just have very good matches every time and maybe they never had a great one right but write it down it's going to be a very good match and it was consistent and these guys maybe they top out a little higher than than killer elite squad but it's so rare and the rest of the time it's just you know ranging from bad to average so i don't know i didn't like this at all i saw this match get some positive reviews in other places and i i couldn't believe what i was reading and listening to so it didn't do anything for me either which brings us to zach saber jr and hiroshi tanahashi part 1000 i really don't know how many <laughs> matches they've had i believe the exact total is but, 77 this year is the exact total 
Yeah. How many singles? Five or six or something? I mean, is it even that many? I think or legitimately, yeah. Let me actually like legitimately. Many? No, I mean, it, it, I think it is. Yeah. Let me actually find the legit number here because. Um, or go back to when really this feud or this rivalry started, which may have been last year, actually, um, where they've just had. Because they had that match last year where everyone loved it and I was the only one who didn't like it. And I don't remember. Um, and then since then they've they've had to have six at least five or six counting that one. Yeah, once I fired it up here real point. quick, but yeah, it's 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 a lot. I can tell you as I kind of sort through here. Uh, so they've had eight dating back to 2017, but really, if you want to kick it off, uh, the so there's New Japan Cup final. If you really want to even stretch it that far back, uh, was March 2018. But really, everything got going uh, March 2019 quarterfinal, and that time they've had five matches since then. They had the uh, New Japan Cup quarterfinal Wait. G1 Supercard. Uh, G1 Climax, Royal Quest, and now this Beppu one as well. So they had five this year. This year alone, five. Yeah. So oh it's, it is not. It's, yeah, it's not. You're you're not. And then obviously I said the final, the, the New Japan Cup prior. Yeah. I'm gonna cut. That's that doesn't count though. I mean that was a completely different thing. But yeah, this year March, April, July, August, August. So yeah, that's our August, uh, September. That's quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I just. On top of the fact that I never really loved them, there's a couple that I, I liked, but none that I I liked the MSG one, and I liked some of the other ones, but some of them I didn't like at all. The the the, the first one they had last year, I I I think I remember at the time talking about how I thought that was the first big time Hiroshi Tanahashi main event that legitimately wasn't good since like 2009. Remember we reviewed it, and it's yeah. like, you know, that's how strongly I didn't like that one. Some of the ones other than that one and the MSG were okay. Range they ranged all from okay to pretty good, maybe three and a half range. And then it's like by the time I got to this one, Rich, I just could not get into it because I didn't want to watch it. I'm so sick of it. So I don't even have a rating for it. I don't even really have much to say. <laughs> wow, it happened. Okay. It happened. It's over. I'm glad it's over. And because I'm, I'm tired of repeating the same points. Okay, so I watched this match. The work is good because both of these guys are great. And unfortunately, I'm not emotionally connected to it, invested, or anything at all. So all of the good work doesn't matter. None of it matters if you're bored. And unfortunately, when I watch these two guys, I'm bored out of my fucking skull. So I don't know what else to say. Take it away, Rich. Well, here's where I shocked the world by saying, I like this one. This is the one of my favorite ones they've had this entire year. I went four and a quarter on this one. I'm gonna. Uh, I know you're stunned. I, and maybe it's. It might be possibly that you just could not like. Because I get that. There's sometimes where I watch a match and I just go in going like, I'm not gonna like this. I don't want. You know. You just you, you, you tune out. You look at your phone. You worry. Like I decided when I when this match came up, I was like, look, I'm gonna focus on this one. And, and, and see because I was I was going to be prone to the exact same thing like you said where I just kind of say like I don't fucking care whatever who gives a shit this match is going to be over like I could have just watched in the background and did some other stuff but I said you know what no I'm going to sit down I'm going to watch this and I'm going to see if I actually really enjoy this or if I really really enjoy it you know like what they do and and I really did I really liked the work in this match and it really to me was one of the better ones they've had this entire year I did not like the Royal Quest one all that much uh, the G1 Supercard match was good but I didn't maybe like it as much as you did even live it didn't quite click with me and 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 like you said the g1 climax one i think was legitimately like a bad match or whatever or maybe there's the uh, uh the new japan cup match i forget which one it was that we talked about it was which one was that the, the legitimately bad match the new japan cup or the g1 well the, the the one that i thought was bad was the very first one that wasn't the it was the one from last year 
is the one. Oh, I the new. Okay. Oh, the, the, the first new, time they wrestled each other. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Match. The thirty-four minute one. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that one went on forever. Yeah, no, I, I legitimately exactly I thought that was like a two-star match. I hated that match. It was so boring. Um, all the ones this year have been okay. Like I, I don't think they're bad. They're just they just fucking exist. And I don't know. I, I don't even like talking about it. It's <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll, I got it. I got it. I'll do it. But uh, no, what I liked about this one, and, and the reason I, I, I think I put it up a little bit higher than the other ones is, is we kind of got a reversal of the story here where it was Tanahashi being sort of the, the wrestler to Zack Sabre Jr. He was showing Zack Sabre Jr. Hey, here's, you know, I, I can wrestle with you and it's not going to be you that's going to con- kind of controlling everything, which was kind of a cool little story there where Zack Sabre Jr. had to sort of work his way out of Tanahashi's holds and, and work his way out of uh, of what Tanahashi was doing and Tanahashi the aggressor the entire match too, which I really, really, really liked. And then what, what, what kind of capped it off too. And again, like it went 26 minutes, so it did kind of at times feel like it dragged on, but I thought the beginning and some portions of the middle were pretty good, but the ending I really did like a lot because what happens is Zack Sabre Jr. pretty much out of nowhere, which again, like I see how it'd be a deflating finish for a lot of people after 26 minutes to have just kind of an out of nowhere finish, but I liked it because all he did is he kind of let Tanahashi, again, control things, control things, control things, and Tanahashi did one wrong step, and Zack Sabre Jr. rolled him up and pinned him and got the one, two, three, and it was just kind of like, okay, you tried the entire match to be the better wrestler, but that's not, it's not going to happen, buddy. Like, I am the better wrestler, and when it comes down to it, I am going to pin you, and I'm going to beat you with wrestling, you're going to need to do more to, to beat me. So I really like that idea of it as well. But I thought that the way that they kind of structured this match, and, and I, I just found myself really enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would, a lot more than I did all the other matches this uh, this year so far. So uh, not that I ever want to see this match again. I hope this is it. And if this is it, I thought they ended it on a pretty high note. But uh, I enjoyed this one. So I, I'm curious what others uh, think as well. I like the finish too. It was a good finish. But, um, you know, I, I don't like them. I don't hate them. I just, I just want them to end. I- I get it. No, I get it, man. There's a lot of men. And I, I was very much like, like I said, if I didn't tell myself, Rich, no, just sit and watch this match. I would have done the exact same thing as you. Cause I was like, I, I do not care about these guys. I just watched them two goddamn weeks ago, wrestle in a match that I didn't really like that much, but I had to tell myself, no, sit, watch and see what happens. And, and I came out kind of enjoying it. So. All right. So let's move on to, uh, Kagoshima, Kagoshima, Kagoshima. Kagoshima? Uh, I don't think it's that. Let's go with Kagoshima, but. We're probably Kagoshima. Wrong. Maybe it's maybe it's Kagoshima. <laughs> Whatever that last one was. No, don't say that. It's not Kagoshima. I don't think maybe so, it's but... Kagoshima. I don't, if it's Hiroshima, why wouldn't it be Kagoshima? We don't know that it's Hiroshima. We don't well, get a straight answer on that any time. We always ask and we get three different answers. People say, no, no, no it is definitely this. <laughs> and then Hiroshima. Yeah, and then someone comes and says, no, 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 it's definitely Hiroshima. <laughs> like, all right, I don't fucking know. Man. All right, well, if you're a Hiroshima guy, then you're probably a Kagoshima guy. Yeah, correct. Yes, and I am. But if you're a Hiroshima guy, then you're a Kagoshima guy, right? That's the way it would you're go. Right. You got me there. Yeah, okay. 4,004 fans. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with you're gonna Kagoshima. Switch, probably. Be different. I'll go Kagoshima. You're definitely going to switch. You're definitely yeah. going to screw it up and go with the other one at some point. Yeah, I'll yeah, go, go Kagoshima just to be different. Okay. 4,004 fans packed the Kagoshima Arena, Rich, for this show. We talked about you more on Clark Connors already. To me, it's been the best of the Young Lion Cup matches to date. We also had Ren Narita knocking off uh, Kramer, Michael Richards, in the uh, second Young Lions Cup match. And then the eight-man tag, which uh, always follows the two Young Lion Cup matches. In this case, it was Alex Coughlin, Carl Fredericks, Manabu Nakanishi, and Toa Hanare defeating Rusuke Taguchi, Shota Aminu, Yota Suji, and Yuji Nagata. I was a little surprised by that result because you look at that on paper and you figure the Yuji Nagata team with Taguchi is probably going to win, right? 
They've got, uh, you know, Shota Minu too, if you, if you want to go down. You know, but no, the side where the two veterans were Manabu Nakanishi and Toa Hanare won that match. Is that a little surprising to you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that... Or does no one care and I'm making a big deal? I mean, there's a, both. <laughs> it's, it's both yeah. possible because, yeah, nobody cares. But also, yeah, a little surprising because it did feel like the, the more powerhouse of the, the juniors or the higher level of the juniors are on that other team. But, yeah, kind of surprising there. Oh, you mean of the veteran guys? Oh, the veteran. Yeah, sorry. That, that's, what I, yeah, that's, what, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That was just a little weird to me. But uh, And then we had our usual mid-card filler, but there's stuff to talk about here for sure because we had Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi teaming for Pongi 3K, and they defeated Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. But, but the story here, Rich, pinfall win. And uh, it looks like we're going to get Rapongi 3K versus Grills of Destiny at some point. So, what do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> it's really hemming and hawing here. I uh, thought does, I figured you'd be excited. Uh, Mix it up have a little. To be, no, but it's got to be. Does God have to be in the match, though? Well, they're not going to. We're like really going to wrestle the Invisible Man. Is hopefully, Remsburg going to show sucks. up? And I hope. Like, I, 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 I want to be excited that Rapongi 3K is in a title match. But the other guys are God, and I, they're just—I don't know. They—I don't know. They, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. They've been more bad than good as of late, so that kind of hurts it a little bit. I'm excited that there's new blood in that tag division. It's just—I hate that it's these guys, and it's like—and especially we're gonna talk about it with these two shows too. The proliferation of Bullet Club run-in bullshit just has me like I can't get excited about any match involving any of the, anybody in that unit anymore. I think if you see can't. Yo celebrate this win, you'll change your tune. He is so happy, and you feel so happy for him. And he's just—he's just so exuberant. Almost, he almost was too exuberant, but he didn't cross the line. Do you think they'll be in the World Tag League? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the numbers here, and 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 yeah, it seems like that'd be a good spot for them because there's, you know, obviously they're losing. You know, your Archer and David Boy Smith aren't here. Uh, you know, like they were last year. I'm trying to think. There's a bunch of there's, they've lost a lot of tag depth as of late. So I think there's there's a Definite possibility that that they're in there. Well, yeah, because you don't. I don't think like ten Ko, ten Koji might not be in it this year. They haven't really teamed at all. And Tenzon's like they don't even use them. Um, you know, so it's like you know Makabe and Hanma haven't been a team in a long time. So maybe it'll be Makabe and and, and Toa Hanari again. You figure Aussie Open will be in it. I'd be yeah. real surprised if they aren't in it this year. Yeah, they're gonna have to bring a lot of outsiders. I'm looking but, at I'm uh, looking at last year's here, 2018. Uh, so you obviously have God in there, of course. Sonata and Evil, they'll be back. Uh, Ishii and Yano was the team last year. Maybe it'll be Ishii in the fucking bag of socks. Uh, Archer and, and Davy Boy, that is now done. Right. Obviously, Davy Boy's gone. Uh, Elgin and Jeff Cobb, I do not think that's going to happen. Uh, you have ZSJ and Taichi, that could come back as well. Uh, Drew Robinson, Finley, like again, that's probably not going to happen. I think Finley's still out. Uh, Beretta and Chucky T, I do not believe that is going to happen. Uh, right. Azuka is with Suzuki, that's obviously not going to happen. Uh, yep. Hangman Page and Yujiro, that's not going to happen. Tenzan and Tsushima, yep. that, you know. I guess has to happen, but you know, like you said, it barely has been happening. Uh, Makabe and Hanari, of course, that can come back. Uh, Nagata and Nakanishi can come back, and then it was Yoshida and uh, Umino. So, I mean, conservatively, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight teams that you have to replace from last year's tournament. And, and remember, they they were putting sixteen teams in this tournament before they went down to fourteen uh, in two thousand eighteen as well. So, yeah, and you have fourteen teams left, presumably, and you have to replace what at at, at the very least eight. I mean, that's jeez. Yeah, so 
that's why I say there's a good chance for Pongi 3K gets thrown into the mix. You know, and, and this think, could be maybe the, the maybe the building up. Like they're not going to win the titles here, but it's obviously an idea of like, hey, look, these guys can hang with the heavyweights. So now they're going to be in the tag league. Right. This might have all been just kind of building up to to. So there's not a surprise when they announce them for the tag league. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, that was the big story coming out of that match. Then we had another eight man tag: Tanahashi, Liger, Makabe, and Hanma defeated uh, Duka and Minoru Suzuki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Zack Sabre Jr. I can't believe that little sleazeball worked his way back on those cards. The <laughs> they even took him off right? they even took off the roster He's... page and he probably just showed up and they're like, all right, whatever. Like get out there. Whatever. Just go. Just get out there. Like, yeah. They so... tried to tell him no and he just shows yeah. up. And like, right, Dokai. <laughs> Dokai back. Um, he's fine. I mean, you stick him in there in these tags, and he eats the pins. Great fodder, great fodder. Yeah, I love him as. as yeah, fighter, so. he's got his he got his dumb fucking pole thing that he hits people with. And <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, we had Goto Okada and Rocky Romero this time on the winning side against Bushi Sonata and Shingo, and then Evil and Naito defeated Jay White and Yujiro this time around instead of. Uh, Chase Owens, like it was on the prior night. So we get into the business end where we have what I thought was the best match of the entire tour so far, which was Bullet Club, Phantasmo, and Taiji Ishimori successfully defending the IWGP junior tag team titles against Robbie Eagles and Willow Spray, collectively known as Birds of Prey. Rich, do you like the name? I love Birds it. Of Prey? Love it. Love the Birds of Prey name. Love the birds of prey. Love the birds of prey. Look, this was fucking rocked. This was awesome. Uh, Eagles and Osprey have ridiculous chemistry together. I thought Phantasmo looked good here. Look, if you're if you don't like Phantasmo because you think he's like an asshole, fine. But if you're still saying that this guy's not a good wrestler, I don't. I don't. I genuinely don't know what or who you're watching. Like he's very clearly talented and very good. Um, and he was very good here. I mean, the one dive. The one springboard dive that he did over the guardrail to the floor and, uh, you know, all of his shit looks good. He wrestles uh, with, you know, to his gimmick, which is always important to me. He incorporates the fact that he's a sleazeball piece of shit into his work, which which is important. Um, and he does that well. Taiji Ishimori, of course, is a seasoned pro who's always going to give you a good performance at minimum. And Eagles and Osprey. <laughs> they are if they were a full-time tag team they'd be they, they would develop into one of the best tag teams in the world they are so good together and Robbie Eagles looked so great here I mean he was just on his game in this match Will is Will and he's always great and um, this motherfucker Will Ospreay is gonna fuck around and 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 fucking get votes for tag team of the year before <laughs> he the is end of he's year. gonna find a way to win literally every every award yeah, if these assholes keep teaming together. I know. It's, it's inc- yeah. I mean, this is a great team with great chemistry. And I thought this was a great match. And I thought it was the best match of the tour. What did you think of this? I loved it. I, I loved it too. And, and I had the same thing. Like these guys, you know, get in the ring and they're just every spot they do is, is so coordinated. And so in like a good way, because I know people are probably like, yeah, hey, Will Ospreay is always coordinated. Like people that actually watch the match know what I mean. Where like they, you know. All right. Like, then you know what? Go watch somebody throw on fire. 
fucking headlocks for 18 minutes. All right, you're listening <laughs> yeah. to the wrong show then. Right. Exactly. Okay, then go watch that. I got a great listen. I got a great Tim Thatcher Manella man match. I'm oh, gonna talk oh about minutes, that. I'm sure you'll fucking love if you want to watch guys uh. fucking throw on holds and put you to sleep. Okay, so I only want to hear it. <laughs> but no, like so, so you know, somebody would go to the outside and they'd point at each other like super, like uber, like eighties baby faces, and then both go do like a dive into the outside. But they'd land at the same time. They would yeah. do the same, like this stuff, like you're saying, this uncanny like ability to just kind of click right out of the gates. It's like fuck, if these guys take the rest of the year, like you're saying, they might go to the World Tag League too. They might make the World Tag League entertaining. You know, they Holy might actually show. make oh me watch the World Tag League. Rich, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Why, why wouldn't you put Willow Spray in the World Tag League? He did the fucking New Japan Cup. He did the G1. He did the Super Junior. Put these guys in the World Tag League. Absolutely. Why not? You need teams anyway, right? Holy shit. You put these guys in the World Tag League, I'll tell you what. I'm putting this on tape, Uh-oh. okay? Birds of Prayer in the World Tag League. You know what I'm going to say. Birds of Prayer in the audio. World Tag League. Daily updates behind the, behind the paywall. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it if the birds of prey are in the tournament. I'll commit to it. You know they're only one team. Because I want to watch only one team. But no, you're right. No, I that, understand that's that. going to be awesome. Yeah. But if they do it, I commit to it. I will. I will do it. Okay. I did the All Japan Junior Tag Battle of Glory. I <laughs> yeah, that. That's true. Okay? You did. So. I guarantee it'll be better than that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You're still insane for that one, but uh, no, they, they, yeah, the uncanny energy between those two guys, you just kind of felt it, and they, they just felt like uber baby faces right out of the gates too, and I really enjoyed that. But no, I, I was, I, I love this match. I went four and a quarter with this one uh, as well. Uh, probably if I had to choose between the two four and a quarter matches that I watched between Tanahashi and Zack Saber Jr., I'd probably pick this one. I like this one a lot more. It went 23 minutes, but it flew by, and like you said, like you know, there was nobody that was a weak link in this match whatsoever. Like Ishimori was was exactly what you expect Taji Kishimori to be. Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay were you know, incredible, and their, their, their you know, double-team moves were, were awesome. And then Fantasmo, he really surprised me in this match. I thought this was one of his best performances he had in New Japan. And like you said, there's people that sort of have this narrative that he's not a good wrestler and yada, 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 whatever. I don't really buy into those. But this, I thought, was like singularly one of his best performances he's had in, in New Japan. I thought he was able to you know perfectly integrate you know his kind of troll character while also doing the big you know moves that he needed to as well and hitting every single move and and just looking like a million bucks too. So I thought those guys, Fantasmo and Taiji Shimori, had awesome chemistry, and I thought Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay had tremendous chemistry. And I was shocked that I didn't hear more about this. Like I just got you know just caught up on these destruction shows a few days ago. And this match, I watched it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no one's. I didn't hear anybody talk about this one. Maybe I just did a good job of sort of avoiding spoilers or whatnot. But I was stunned that I didn't see more people say this match fucking rocked because this was so so good. And 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 yeah, I just I love this. And Birds of Prey, man, like you said, if they keep this up and they're in the World Tag League and and they have another three four months of matches like this, they're gonna be <laughs> in that tag team of the year discussion, and it's gonna be insane. But they're gonna deserve it because they're really really good. And I'm I'm excited to see that. I think there's probably. Big picture, better uses for Will Ospreay, but if maybe you're trying to keep him on the on the download for a little bit while other stuff kind of happens, I think it's a great way to do it. Where he's not fucking around in the, with the junior title all that much, and he's he's not messing around with like you know singles matches and whatnot. Where you can kind of get him in something that feels a little bit more important because this does really feel important. This Robbie Eagles Will Ospreay thing right now, and you kind of keep him out of title pictures and you keep him out of stuff for a little bit until you're kind of ready to maybe move him up to heavyweight. Because I really think he's done everything he can with the juniors, but this is maybe a little bit of a different take. Uh, I, I, what Will Ospreay can do with the juniors. So so I like this idea, and I love the Birds of Prey so far. Yeah, I mean, I was being sort of facetious. You can't put them in any kind of tag team of the year discussion now. But if they were to team between now and the end of the year, I mean, you know, because who else is out there? 
you know, I mean, it's not a great year for tag team wrestling. I thought last year was a far superior year uh, worldwide for tag team wrestling. But I like that. I think, see, I think they're doing a great job with the juniors as a whole now because they've integrated all four of these guys sort of into one big feud over both of the titles, right? Because you got, uh, you know, Phantasmo and uh, Chase and Osprey for the for the junior title, and then you got Osprey and Eagles chasing these guys for the junior tag team title, and it, it just it's all interconnected, and and you know it's it, it's it's a nice little program to take them through the end of the year um, with these four guys. So um, I, I, I've en- I've enjoyed um, all all this entire story, which really started two years ago with the first Robbie Eagles Will Ospreay match in Australia, which they've integrated into the New Japan canon. It was part of the, you know, pre-show video for this where they they're showing you the footage from from Australia of Will handing him the flag off of his tights after Robbie after the second match with Eagles in Australia and how that led to him becoming coming into New Japan and then um you know, he let Will down and joined Bullet Club and then um they, they you know, he begrudgingly uh, Robbie Eagles begrudgingly, you know, uh, does you know the, the cheat dude does the cheating with El Phantasmo, but then finally tires of it, and uh, the, that whole story that they told through Best of the Super Juniors, where he didn't want to take that win over Will, but he you know he took it, and then in Australia he finally had enough, and they did the turn, and it's just a good long term story where where they took their time with it, and everything made sense, and now here we are. And they're having killer matches on these shows. There's nothing not to like about it. Yeah, they've done a great job of building Robbie Eagles uh, this year as well and making him like a viable character because people in Japan are invested in it as well. And people, you know, outside are invested in it. Like they've done a really good job of sort of, and like you said, building it up, building it up, building it up. And and we kind of saw some of the seeds getting planted months and months ago. But this is like, you know, great long-term storytelling that's been going on. Like you said, I mean, you can go year out, you can go a few years out if you really even want to chart it to that path as, as well. And it's like just masterful booking. Like this is the type of stuff that, a lot of American companies are, are really scared to do because they're, oh, if somebody gets hurt or something happens or yada, yada, yada. But like when you nail it, it's so rewarding to now see Robbie Eagles go through this transformation and now see him with Will Ospreay and, and, and see the chemistry that they've kind of developed and the respect that they've developed for each other. And Phantasmo is like kind of the, the guy that tries to sort of the shit or whatever. It's just great booking. And it's like, it's not hard. It just takes like, you know, a year out. You just have to say, hey, here's where we're going to go. Here's A, here's B. Let's just do it. And, and, so few companies will have the balls to do this sort of stuff anymore and just book by the seat of their pants. And it's awesome to see when something kind of comes through and, and, and just clicks and works. And everybody here has issues with each other. You know, Robbie Eagles was tag team partners with both of those guys with Taiji first when he came into the company, then later, uh, you know, with Phantasmo and, and he was a stable mate with both of them and, and will be uh, one guy for the title. He's got the other guy chasing them for the title. Now they're chasing their titles. It's just all interconnected. It's just, it's just good stuff. It's real good shit rich that's what Absolutely. it is all right main event time uh kotobushi kenta for the uh, number one contendership at the tokyo dome uh curious on your thoughts first before i go so uh what'd you think of abushi and kenta you saw their first match uh live correct that was in dallas so now what'd you think of this that's one right. watching it on tape i thought that um it was a very well worked match and i thought kenta in particular really stood out here in terms of uh, man, it's just, it's like a double-edged sword turning him heel because it really plays into the crowd booing him and not wanting to accept him as a New Japan wrestler and him playing up to it. And 
he really is his best self when he's being a, a prick. And all of that is perfect. And his work here was great. And his heel stuff here was fucking awesome. But then the other side of the other edge of that double-edged sword is we get the shenanigans in the matches now, which was something you were concerned with when they initially uh, did the turn and have him join the Bullet Club. And for me, it sucked all of the air out of the balloon. So, I, look, the work here was great. The story they told in terms of you know the booking and the story they were telling, it, you know, I get it, and it was well done. But this finish was not for me. And this is not what I want to see in my New Japan. When I watch New Japan, I want to get away from this stuff. This is the main event for a title shot to Tokyo Dome. I don't need Gorillas of Destiny running in. I don't need Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi running in to run them all. I just enough. Okay. It worked in the G1 final. It did not work here for me. I, I, I don't want to see this. And, you know, to me, to me, it just ruined the match. And I think it's just, just give, give me Abushi getting his win back. That's all I need. I don't need the rest of this shit. Cause if Kent is going to lose anyway, this doesn't like help Kent to keep his heater. He still beat him clean. So what do we need all the bullshit for? If, if, the, if he's going to beat him clean, then just beat him clean. Save me all the bullshit and just have him beat him. And they protected Kent to an extent because he kicked out of the Kamagoye. So you could have done all of that without the run-ins. You could have had him kick out of the Kamagoye and protect your never champion and a guy who you're pushing. And, you, and, and, and then you could have beat him clean without any of that shit. I even wouldn't have minded if Gorillas of Destiny were running in and got cut off at the pass by Ishii and, and Yoshihashi. That would have been fine with me. I probably would have enjoyed that. That would have been a cool, like, okay, these guys know these guys are going to run in, so they're ready for it, right? And they cut them off before they're able to. And then Kenta's, like, caught, like, the deer in the headlights because his plan is backfiring. And then he just gets beat. I would have been able to live with that, okay? But this was just all too much for me and it's not what I want out of New Japan so I cannot say that I recommend or enjoy this match so my take on it is a little bit different than yours I don't know that I loved Kenta's work in this match the the things that I I liked I liked his character work I should say because the beginning of the match was awesome where he grabs the briefcase he attacks Kotobushi at the beginning he beats him up with the briefcase it's all before the bell it's all kind of under the rules and, and that stuff I like like he's a total asshole at the beginning of this match the bell rings and he starts attacking Kotobushi and going after him and going after him again I like that idea that was all really cool and the finish too like the last few stretches of it were really cool the character work from Kenta I liked throughout the match the problem that I had with a lot of the bulk of the match is it was just kind of I don't know I just didn't I didn't feel it from him. I, I feel like when they're doing this heel thing they're kind of leaning a little too much into Kenta just kind of lays on the mat and 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 you know methodically destroys his opponent and like I don't know that that's exactly what I want out of uh, out of Kenta against Kotobushi. I know some people really enjoyed that work and Kotobushi I think did a great job of selling the leg but it was just times where I was just kind of bored. It just felt like these two guys laying on the mat and again that's not a terrible strategy against Kotobushi to ground him. It's just I don't know if that's what I want out of Kenta. I don't know if I want a Kenta match where he's grinding things to a halt and and just slowly and methodically working somebody over and then you also like you said you add in the bullshit at the end too where it's like all right look I would have made maybe been a little bit more invested in it. If Kenta tried his best to say, look, I'm not going to be able to beat Kotobushi. He's at the top of his game. But if I, if I take his legs out and I, and I don't allow him to fly and then, you know, I do everything I can, but he still just beats me. Then God damn it. I tried, but he's just a little bit better than me on this night. But the fact that like he grinds to a halt, 
all that sort of stuff happens. I didn't really love the bulk of the work, you know, throughout the middle of the match. And then it's also the bullshit shenanigans at the end. It just kind of, it took me out of it. And, and it really made me not enjoy the match when at the beginning of the bit, the first 10 minutes, I was super invested because I love the beginning. It just, it didn't hold my attention. And then the bullshit at the end happened. And I just kind of left thinking, ah, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, I wanted to like this match. I just, I just didn't when it was all done. You know, it's, we got a distraction finish in the tag team title match, which we didn't even talk about because Kenta ran down in that one. And, um, you know, they did a, and, and then we get, you know, the run in in this match. It's like, it, that's WWE shit. And I watch other companies mm-hmm. to get away from that shit. So it's like, it's just too much for me, especially on back to back shows like that, where I can deal with some Bullet Club shit in smaller doses. I, I you know, it, it's, and plus it's more effective that way. But if every Kenta match is going to be Gorillas of Destiny running in, I, 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 I have no use for that. And I'm not going to enjoy it. Um, I'd rather just have Kenta, you know, attack him before the bell with the briefcase and then just beat him up and bully him. And, and you know, just Kota Ibushi, who is going to be your Tokyo Dome main eventer in some form, overcome him and beat him in the end. And and I don't think there's anything, especially if Kenta's going to survive one Kamagoye, because then you're protecting him anyway. I just think it's all excessive and you don't need it. And it, it sucked all the enjoyment out of a match that I thought was very well worked. So it's a shame. Because all that work that didn't connect with you did connect with me. I thought it was a very well worked match. But they flushed it all down the toilet. Yeah. Now, if all of this is designed to just put mega heat on Kenta, I mean, it's working. But I can't, I can't say it's not working. But it's not for me. It's not what I want out of this. Mm-hmm. So, but I, 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 but in some ways, it's like, you know, is that the best way to present Kenta? It's, it's definitely working better than than what they were doing before. Before he was getting booed, when he really wasn't designed to get booze and he was playing into the booze and I was loving that, but that's not what was supposed to be happening. At least now they're getting the desired reactions out of what they're laying out. So it's hard for me to rip it from that perspective, but it doesn't mean that I have to like it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think another thing that I've, I've, I haven't loved about the Kenta heel thing either. And the, the full leaning into it as well is, is kind of like I mentioned too. I think his work is, and again, like even if you like this work or not or whatever, I think that it was designed in a lot of ways. Maybe they maybe they thought or he thought or whatever just said like, look, I can't be the Kent of old. I'm not going to be the Kent of old anymore. That's never going to happen. So let's try to maybe tailor my character towards a little bit of a slower, uh, more of a calm paced sort of approach, which again, I don't hate. There's ways where it's going to be done and that's going to be good. The problem though is when you add in all the interference stuff. So I get it. Like again, it was probably a, a concerted effort to like, okay, look, like let's let's we got to do this heel character. The fans aren't taking to you, so we have to sort of adjust. And also, hey, maybe the work is going to have to adjust a little bit. Maybe that's kind of saying, hey, look, I'm a heel. I'll work this way. Or it's him saying, hey, my body is telling me I kind of have to work this way. I can't go out there and and be throwing bombs all the time. So let's kind of work and match the style, which again is fine. Both of those things are fine. But when it just gets inundated with the bullshit and the interference or whatever, that's just not what I want out of Kenta. The, the thing that I, I'm left with after watching this match and watching some of the stuff and watching the interference and whatnot is, you know, Kenta, I think is too good, too talented to be this guy, to be a guy that's just like is a cog in the, in the bullet club shenanigans. You know what I mean? And, and that's where I get really annoyed about it because it's like, he feels to me and, and right or wrong or whatever, he feels to me interchangeable at this point where it's just like the next guy that bullet club runs in and, and helps win matches for. 
and that's like Kent's is so much more than that. And 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 his character work is going to rise above that. And we saw it even at the beginning of the match. We saw it when he interferes. We saw it, like he's a great asshole. He's, he's one of the best assholes uh, ever in pro wrestling. It's just a matter of to me. It's just I, I mean I'm I, I'm a guy who was over the Bullet Club shit four or five years ago. So it's like I'm not going to get invested in this stuff anymore. But it just yeah. especially hurts when it's like it's dragging down a guy that I really like and I really think can do a lot more without that stuff. He can still be a heel. He can still work methodically. He can still sort of work that character without the interference. But the the, the idea now that he needs these guys. And he's just going to be a chicken shit. Just kind of annoys me. Like you said, it's WWE bullshit, and 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 I hate it. It's not. See, that's the thing. It's not even like he's a chicken shit. It's just like it's almost a prerequisite that his buddies have to. But run they just come in. Like he, no he didn't, they didn't need to come in in this match. And and that's what annoyed me too. It's like he kind of had this under control. Like, like yeah, Kota Bushi's come back or whatever. But they just came in because they come in. And 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 that stuff. It's it's just yeah. Like you said, it, it's it's a requirement. You got to check a box. All right, it's a bullet club, guys. So let's all run in and do a distraction or whatever. And sometimes it'll lead to the finish, and sometimes it'll backfire and it'll lead to the finish again. But like we're gonna make it matter here. And it's just yeah, he doesn't need that. It's just it it doesn't work. I like the idea of Kenta being in the bullet club, but being adjacent to the bullet club where he does his own shit. The guys are there, and when he really really desperately needs it, maybe they help him. But sometimes just he just can have matches without the interference. I don't know. It's just it's not gonna click with us, but. Anybody who's listened to the show for the last four or five years knows our, our fatigue on any Bullet Club bullshit. So, yeah, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. So, there are opinions all over the board on this match. I mean, I saw people who love this match, and I get why they did. And I saw people who fucking despised it. And I, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like all if if, if this is what they're going to do do with Kenta moving forward is just going to be very divisive in that way because it's totally going to depend on where you stand with uh, you know with the bullshit uh, with the bull club bullshit so that's that it was disappointing to me though absolutely all right let's get to uh, Kobe uh, it's coming up on the 22nd here we got a preview up on the website by the time most of you guys re- uh, listen to this uh, voice wrestling.com but uh, real quick the card here uh, there were some slight changes to it so if you're kind of looking at a card from uh, a week ago, some things did change with it, so we're going to go with the uh, uh, the new updated card. Uh, you have at the top, you have IWGP Intercontinental Championship Tetsuya Naito defending the title against Jay White. Now, Joe, I think you pro- you and I probably agree with this. This is tailor made for Naito to lose this. Jay White retains the title. Some people might get upset, but those people are dumb because all it does is open up Naito uh, for the potential Wrestle Kingdom. Whatever the hell is going to happen there, double title, little mini tournament, whatever it's going to be. But are you of the mind that that Jay White is winning this, and that it's a good move that Jay White wins this match and, lo- and and Naito loses the title? Well, I mean, I've been thinking about this, and if they're really going to do all this double title mini tournament bullshit at the Dome, then doesn't Naito have to win here? Um. Well, I, I guess it, it it depends what you think that they're going to do. If they're going to do that double double title thing, then yes and no, because Jay White can also be in that mix as well. You know what I mean? Like he, it could be. Some weird well, code of bushi. You're 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 making this okay. So now we're going from like I'm, a four man. I, I am not making it. I'm just saying a potential idea here. How is many that people you, are we putting in this fucking thing? I mean, we got Zack Saber Jr. saying he he's going to win both titles. We've got Kota Bushi. I forgot he said that. Well, he needs to shut up because no, I'm not. I'm not involving him in mine. <laughs> mine is Jay White, Naito, uh, Abushi, and Okada. I don't want to do this. For the record, I don't want to do a mini tournament. I don't want to do a two day double title thing. I'm just saying if they do that. Um, no, Zack Sabre Jr., buzz off, man. You're not involved in this. I'm doing Jay White, Naito, uh, and, 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 and Okada, Abushi. But you're kind of right in that sense where that if, if it is that double title, then Naito can come in as IC champion. But some people have sort of said if they don't do this sort of 
I, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts here. There's a lot of ways that can kind of go. And, and and some people feel that if Naito loses, that opens him up for whatever it's going to be. And then others like you, you're saying where if he has the title, that keeps it alive. So I, I don't know what to believe at this point, really. To me, it's a 50-50 match. And, and I mean, but Jay White keeps losing the tags, which could be an indication that he's winning the title. So, you know, it's not like he's leaving Naito laying every night, which would be an indication that Naito will win. So I don't know. I, look, if they're going to do this tournament thing, it really doesn't matter who wins. I guess you can have Jay White win and then, you know, taunt Naito all the way to the dome and then have Naito in a position where he wins both titles over the course of two days. You know, he wins the Intercontinental title on night one back from Jay White. And that's probably where I think I just figured it out, Rich, because I am a wrestling genius. Here's what's happening. Jay White's winning this. Then it's Naito versus Jay White and and Kota Ibushi versus Okada on night one because he won the G1. You know, Naito wins the Intercontinental title back on night one, and then he beats Okada on night two because you got to, it's harder to fill that second night. And that's the money match that they've been saving. Mm hmm. So that's, so that's kind that's, of the, the scenario that I sort of laid out as well. The Zach thing throws an entire red. I don't know what the fuck. Now get him out of here. There's here's no what's way. risky about it, though. Okay, here's what's risky. People don't know what's going to be on night two until the conclusion of night one. Right. And then if you do Okada versus Naito on night two, you're 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 doing your most protected and in theory your best drawing match on a one day build. Is that smart? Or do you just have Ibushi beat Okada night one and then do Ibushi and Naito on night two? You know what I mean? And then save Okada Naito for something else down the line. Maybe the next year's don't. So there's an argument that you don't want to do Okada and Naito on what's like an 18-hour build, right? Right, exactly. And you don't want to like hint at it too much either. It'd be like, hey, you know what could happen yeah, on night two? Give it away. <laughs> yeah, you know, what would be a really interesting scenario is if these guys fought each other. So yeah, there's there's Yeah, there's weird ways to go about it, weird ways to approach it. Um I don't know. You're right. It is it is strange. And it would it would kind of to me I think and 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 you know Naito fans listening can can kind of chime in as well. I feel like they would feel semi disappointed if Naito beats Abushi to win the, you know what I mean? Like they want that scalp of Okada, but that's something you can do down well, the line. If you really want to too, but been, it's it's strange. But he's been feuding with Abushi all year. So exactly. That makes right. Sense. Right. Right. No, it makes sense story wise. They just want that fucking scalp. Do you hold the scalp up till next year, where Okada goes like, you know, I what I mean, like, you can do that. Yeah. Get, I, I'm still the only person on earth who thinks he's getting that, though. Like I think he's beating Okada in that dome at some point either this year or the year after. I'm fully confident in that. You know, I kind of like the idea... Like, you, there's, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Because you don't save it this long if you're not going to do it. Why not do it at a Dominion or whatever the fuck? Put them in the same G1 block and do it in Budokan. I am not convinced that they're not saving that Naito-Okada match for a dome until they do it somewhere else. And no one can change my mind on that. And if you do it again, Naito's winning. So whether that means this year on an 18-hour build or next year, that match is happening and Naito's winning it. Yeah, because I kind of like the scenario that you laid out there where, where, where Naito beats Jay White, which, which again, like I said, those four guys, somehow they figure out a way to do this or whatever. So Naito beats Jay White in that first night. And then I like the idea of him beating Ibushi, kind of putting that 
to his side. Abushi, you know, is in that main event. And that's one that, again, like, is not a super protected match. They've done it a few times. It's still going to draw, and there's going to be some extra people that might walk up and see it. But like you said, it's not that you're not giving away Okada, uh, Okada and Naito, you know, on that small of a build. You're just not. There's no way that you're going to do that. And then maybe next year, it's Okada challenging Naito or whatever. Naito has a year-long title reign or whatever. Whatever scenario you want to do it. But, you know, there's, there's just... It, I like that there's moving parts, though. I like this idea. I don't love the idea of, like, the double main event, two titles, all that sort of bullshit or whatever. But the idea is that now it throws a little bit of a wrench in this where we can't definitively say, okay, at this point right now, we know what the main event is going to be. There's a few different ways it can go. So that part of it is interesting, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence of exactly how to do it. But the scenario you laid out is probably the one that I have in my head. Uh, and that's probably the one that works the best. I mean, maybe the, the one that in my head I had Naito beating Okada, but you're absolutely right that do you want to do that on eight towers build? I, I don't think you do. I, I think that's one that you save and, and make it well known months out. Hey, look, these guys are going to face each other. Now go buy your tickets versus, you know, you'd have to hint to it too, a little too much and to, for new Japan's liking to kind of make sure you get that, 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 you know, those ticket sales for that match. So I don't know. There's a lot of scenarios. Maybe they find that the, the tickets go really quick just because people want to see whatever these matchups are going to be and hope, but uh, there's a lot of moving parts. I, I don't know, but uh, this, this kind of kicks it off. Whatever happens in this match, I think you're we'll have a more clear idea. Hope- You, well, your hook for night two, if they do this, is that you're going to see an undisputed champion crowned. Right. You know, that's the hook. And it, it's like, it almost doesn't matter what the match is at that point. Right? It's kind of like a G1 final, right? It doesn't matter what the match is. Right. You know ahead of time, hey, here, here are the big four this, stars, the biggest guys we have, and you're going to see matchups yeah. between these guys. So whatever. <laughs> you know, like, maybe you don't get the match you you're want, but you're going to get good champion. stuff. So yeah, that's the argument for not burning it off. The counter argument is you see the advanced ticket sales, you know you're going to do 40,000 night one, but it looks like you're going to do about 18,000 on night two. Well, in that case, we need to put people in there. So let's just do Okada Naito now and, and hope for the walk up. But then maybe you're burning it off on a show that's not going to draw at all. See, it's it's tricky. To, it's tough. to me, I just eat shit night two if I have to eat shit. And I save that match for another time. It's ambitious enough trying this. But I think both shows will do well enough. Uh, but then it's like, okay, so if you do a Bushi and Naito on night two, what do you do with Okada on night two? Well, how about this? You do Liger and Suzuki on night one. Why not Liger Okada on night two, especially if there's no title at play? You know what I company and the best IWGP champion of all time and all that pomp and circumstance bullshit. How I like about it. That? Yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty good scenario uh, as well. I'm, I'm looking really quickly here at the uh, the days. So it's Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday is the fourth and Sunday is the fifth. So if you do need to sort of hope that people, you know, aggressively walk up, uh, you're on good days to do that too with the, the Saturday and the Sunday. But uh, Sunday is going to be a little, if, if I was trying to see if the fifth was on that Saturday, because then I would say, okay, look, you can definitely, I think, in short notice, if you need a bunch of people to go to that show, say, hey, look, it's Okada and Naito. Get over here right now. It's a Saturday. You're not doing anything anyway. A Sunday might be a little bit of a tougher ask, maybe. But, um, yeah, so regardless, Saturday and Sunday, it's better than, like, Thursday or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good idea that it's not in the middle of the week. So so they can get aggressive with the walk-up. But, no, I like that. Yeah, you free up Okada, maybe. I, I would hope that they don't do, like, a, a loser's bracket thing because that nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to see, like, Okada face oh, yeah. Jay White, you know, like who gives a shit? Like nobody, nobody would care about that. So I would like the idea that those guys maybe fall back and 
and, and Okada does yeah something with Liger or whatever. But again, how, you you would want to maybe promote. This is this is the big issue is the New Japan promotes their matches and like gets you excited about the matches ahead of time. So it's like this random matchup that you're talking about is awesome, but like they just do they work that way or just Okada versus Liger without any build? Rich, like, listen. I don't like any of this. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. Why are we doing this? I, hate I am this. not I'm uncomfortable. Board. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. I don't I, like this. I, I like I'm my one on one. Yeah, I want my one on one Wrestle Kingdom main event. I know, know what I'm going to get. Right. That's right. It's it's <laughs> this feels way too WWE doing a tournament over two days, and this is fucking Chris Jericho beating The Rock and Steve Austin, which is fine for that company. I don't like it here. I don't like it. This isn't how they do things, and I don't like it. Um, you know, but I, I get it if they feel like that's a hook that they need to fill these this building two days in a row. I I don't know. Or we could all be wrong and we're wasting all these months talking about a scenario that's not going to play out. But then why is every champion on the roster talking about it? Right. No, there's there's so, got to be smoke. There, there's way too much smoke for that. There not to be a fire with this thing. I mean, it's they're impossible. all talking about it. All of right. Them. So. You know, with, but again, it, you're right. It's like you have to basically not announce anything for night two, which is fucking weird. And I don't want either of these shows to just be loaded with fucking six man tags. It's not going to feel special. So it, the first show at minimum has to be a regular fucking Wrestle Kingdom. Great matches up and down the card. And then I guess on the second show, since you really can't announce anything, maybe you can get away with doing some tags on that one. But again, that does not feel special at all for a dome. So I'm not on board with this. I would rather just load up both shows and know ahead of time what you're getting on each of them and and do it that way. But I don't know. Looks like we're getting to it. Yeah, Harold. Really, he really should have talked to us before he did this this two day thing and this, telling everybody to talk about this thing. He really should have consulted us because we're not on board with it whatsoever. But uh, other uh, you know, over, over the last seven years, our consultations have been nothing but successful. Yeah, I don't oh, know why he would yes. deviate from this. So uh, yeah, I don't so know. why would you not listen to us now? It doesn't make any sense. But, exactly. uh, maybe, maybe he'll change things. Maybe we'll cancel that second night after listening to this. Hopefully he does. NewJapanMecca.com. Uh, anyway, other matches on this Kobe show. We have Hiroki Goto and Shingo Takagi, which I am all fucking here for. That sounds incredible. Uh, Robbie Eagles, Kota Bushki. Yeah, why, not oh, sorry, go ahead. Why, not have a match? why not have a match where these two guys just beat the living shit out of each other? I'm all about it. That, what a pleasant surprise to just give us that. And why? What's the point? Nobody knows. The point is just these two men are just going to go in, in into that ring and, and beat the living shit out yeah, of each Yeah, it's just guys kicking the shit out of each other. Just guys taking heads off. That's all we're here for, and I'm fine with that. So that works. Uh, other matches, as I said, Robbie Eagles, right. Okoto Bushi, and Okada versus Bushi, Evil, and Sonata. Shoyo, Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Phantasmo, Ishimori, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Kenta. Uh, Rocky Marigo, Tiger Mask. Okay, so oh, that match, ahead. very quick. That match, they changed... Originally, Rapongi 3K were not on the opposite side of Grills of Destiny. After the angle, after uh, on the previous uh, show, then they changed the card around and made sure that they were on opposite sides. So they, they are definitely going to have a match at some point. 
Uh, other matches as well as, like I was saying, uh, Rocky Romero, Tiger Mask, Tanahashi, and Liger versus Duki, uh, Kanemoro, Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki. Uh, also, Togi Makabe, Hanma, and Toho Hinari versus Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, and Bad Luck Fale. Uh, we got uh, two Young Lion Cup matches again. We have Umino versus Carl Fredericks, and then Ren Reed versus Clark Connors. Uh, and then your uh, Young Lion Cup leftovers match here. You got uh, Uemura, Suji, Nagata versus Michael Richards, Alex Coughlin, and Minabu Nakanishi. So that's the Kobe show. Um, I guess on paper it has the potential to be probably better than those other two shows. I mean, the top two matches should both be pretty good. Uh, the semi-main event, pot, or the, 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 the six-man tag with uh, Eagles, Bushi, uh, and Okada should be pretty fun as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I have high hopes for Kobe, and hopefully it is better than the other two. Not that the other two were bad, per se. I mean, Beipu was bad. Uh, Kagoshima was okay. But Kobe, I, I, I have some pretty high hopes for with those top two matches. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people just skip out on Destruction because they're usually not good shows. They're split into three, so you're really spreading things thin. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of filler on that show. But they put Evil opposite of Bushi 2 now. That was another change because he's going to be the next briefcase challenger. So there's that too. But um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't have real high hopes for it, but I hope... Uh, I hope the top stuff is real good. Yeah, there's, there's a good chance I maybe just watch the top two matches again because that's been the best way to, I think, go about this Destruction Tour, uh, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see how it goes uh, with Destruction and Kobe. Like I said, preview up on the website right now, VoicesWrestling.com as well if you want to read a uh, written preview, getting a little bit of more of an idea of what's going on with that show. All right, Joe, it is time to get to America, and we got to talk about WWE Clash of Champions 2019. Uh, Joe, I did not watch the hashtag WWE cock. Uh, did you happen to watch the hashtag WWE cock, though? You didn't watch the cock? I did not watch the cock, unfortunately. How do you have a hashtag that says cock? I, mean- <laughs> I cannot believe that that got... I can't believe that nobody said, uh, guys, maybe go with... Uh, you know, Maybe throw a, a T in there. Maybe go with WWE Clash. Maybe just say Clash Kickoff. Like Maybe don't go with WWE... C-O-C kickoff, a.k.a. W-W-C-O-C-K. I, I cannot... No, it was C-O-C... It was, it was C-O-C-K. It was Clash of Champions kickoff. Yes. For the kickoff. But was that the official hashtag? I or don't did, know if it was for sure, but I saw a lot of people... I, don't, I saw everyone, a lot of people bringing it up. Yeah, everybody used it, so I don't know if it was the official one or not. But, but was uh, it just fans kind of going into business for themselves and then it took off you see what i'm saying oh i see okay well i wasn't there live while it was happening i just remember i uh, when i popped in i was a thousand WWE cock uh <laughs> tweets but uh that might have just been our circle that was that was doing it yeah maybe maybe hopefully not the official one that they did but um we'll see i i mean i don't we're not gonna see but i i i hope someone chose that that i hope someone chose the hashtag cock how does that slip through though? Like someone's got to put. Yeah. Okay. Through. So what I'm looking at, it doesn't. It does not look like indeed that that it was. They just used WWE Clash. They did not use uh, WWE Cock. But uh, it gained it gained some steam specific. though. It did. Yeah. Like half of our. A lot of people used. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and by the way, if you're wondering why Joe and I like our connections went shit this entire night, so that's why we're talking over each other sometimes here. So we're trying our best, but uh, we have to kind of predict when the other one is done talking. Uh, really? When's they done talking? Oh, it's been for me. I don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're on the right timeline, but I'm off. But uh, something's been a little, uh, a little clunky. Is this but... why like you've been delayed? Like I talk and then you wait like four seconds. No, you're doing the same thing. You're delaying. So I, I think we're on like literally 
like a four second delay between you and I because I'm delaying, you're delaying. Sometimes I talk over you, sometimes you talk over me. So I don't know how it's going to sound in the recording. Hopefully it sounds okay to most people, but uh, it has been an adventure for sure. So get that goddamn new laptop. Maybe that's the problem. But so this is like this is like when ESPN has a guest via satellite and they ask a <laughs> right, question, right. and then yes. the person doesn't talk for like eight seconds. Yeah, and they they assume like like. The, the the person at the desk assumes that they maybe didn't hear or that it's not working. So they go to be like, oh, I think we're having some difficulties. And then they start talking right as they're saying that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of going on at training camp here. <laughs> like, just, yeah, it just has that like weird little thing. That's kind of what this entire show is about. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it comes across a little bit better to uh, to most other people. We're, we're kind of perfectionists, so maybe it doesn't matter to uh, to most people. But anyway, WB Cock here. We had Drew Gulak, Umberto Carillo, and Lince Dorado. You didn't watch any of the cock, though, right? So we don't. why are we even talking? I didn't watch the cock. So what are we doing? Just blow through the cock. Blow the well, cock. What, what, <laughs> I will blow the cock, Joe. One thing that is interesting, though, um, a match that you and I thought had the potential to be match of the night, uh, AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander for the U.S. title uh, went four minutes and 55 seconds and was on the cock. And AJ Styles definitively beat Cedric Alexander on the cock. What? Uh, what? Yeah, in time in four and a half hours. Yeah, like. In under five minutes. And then, you know, Cedric loses on TV all the time. And people are rightfully saying that he's just getting fucking buried. And then you have, of course, the defenders of this for some reason. Say, yeah, well, Cedric's obviously going to win the title at some point. Which, yeah, you're probably right. But he's not going to get over because... Because he's just getting his ass kicked on his way to winning the title at some point. But he's adjacent to stars. He's adjacent to stars, though, Joe. (laughs) Like you get over by beginning your ass kicked by stars. Except you don't. You don't. That's that's wrong. That's not true. That's a (laughs) hundred percent wrong. But that's how people are like defending this. Like, okay, and you know damn well when he wins the title to Rich, it's gonna be on like a roll up. You just know it. He's gonna he's gonna schoolboy AJ Styles after being dominated for twelve minutes. Right. They're gonna and, hand him the title. He's gonna look at it like it's the greatest thing he's ever seen in his life. The shocked face, and he's gonna run around the ring yes. and go nuts while the heel complains at the referee about the tights or that he got rolled up or whatever. And they're gonna go, oh, he did it. I can't believe Cedric Alexander did it. It's like he's gonna celebrate. Gets over that he's gonna celebrate like he didn't even expect to win. Right. Right. And then yeah, hands, of, hands on his head. Oh my God, I did yes. it. Like, I Eyeballs it. bugging out of his skull. Right. We've, you know, and then all of the idiots on Twitter are going to go, see, see, he wasn't being buried. They were pushing him. He's the United States champion because all of those people don't understand anything about professional wrestling. And that's exactly how all this is going to play out. And I want to preemptively tell all of you that you're stupid and you're wrong. How about that? Yeah. But Paul How about really that, likes Rich? Tell our listeners are stupid. They're, How do yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah. I don't wrong. think our listeners are stupid. No, they're smart I people. Think our, they agree with us. Most of them are agreeing with us right now. They're going, you're absolutely right. This is a man who was the masked janitor who got his ass kicked and acted like <laughs> smart. And now AJ Styles just beats the shit out of him every time they get in the ring together. And that is in no way not a push. That's not a push. Okay, it's not a push. It's closer to a burial than a push. Absolutely. So, and 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 this is not good. And he's going to win the title exactly the way we're saying he's going to win the title. You can fucking mark it down. Anyway, let's talk about matches we did watch. How about that? Let's go with that. All right. So we start off here. The official Clash of Champions kicks off with a tag team 
title match here, the Raw Tag Team titles is Robert Roode against Dolph Ziggler, uh, Seth Rollins, and Braun Strowman. So Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler defeat Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman to win the titles. The finish here was uh, masterful, Joe. Um, <laughs> Braun Strowman shoulder-blocked Robert Roode into Seth Rollins, which Robert Roode then didn't have any ill effects from, but he was able to then hit his finisher and pin Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins got apparently more of the shoulder as it coursed through Robert Roode's body. I don't really know. But anyway, the way it ended up is that Robert Roode hit his finisher and pinned Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion, in the middle of the ring. So, Yeah, yeah. The Universal Champion loses his other title in the opener of the paper <laughs> after the finish that you just awkwardly described because there's no non-awkward way to describe it. Am I right? Like, that's exactly what happened. Robert Roode is in the middle of the ring. Yes. Seth Rollins is to his other shoulder. Braun Strowman, for the 18th time in the match, does a shoulder block to somebody. Robert Roode bumps into Seth Rollins. Somehow, Roode, it feels no ill effects from this and just picks up Seth Rollins, hits his finish, and pins him. And that's the finish. Yeah. <laughs> and then Braun... And then, so basically, they used the tag team titles to just advance the Braun Seth storyline, which they were going to then blow off two hour, two and a half hours later anyway, when Seth beat him. So, you know, I, I don't like Seth, or I don't like my champion taking pins in matches like this to begin with, especially with Robert like, Rude, <laughs> Robert yeah. fucking Rude. I mean, Jesus! But they did this to them. People are going to say, "Oh, well, they booked themselves into a corner." Don't book it. Yeah. Why book it? <laughs> you don't have you to have do to that. Champion? Okay? Like, or, or just fucking, here's an idea. How about they just beat Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler? And, and, and you just, if you have to build tension between the two throughout the match, just have them, like, fucking, you know, be awkward with their fucking tags or do something else. Why are you beating your champion? You beat your champion with Robert Roode so Braun Strowman could be in the back with an interview robot girl and say, Seth Rollins is the reason that I'm not the world tag team champion anymore, and he's going to get these hands. You, you sacrificed your champion for a 10-second interview in the back to add heat to a match which your champion was going to win anyway. Rich, what are we doing here? <laughs> and then the, the best part about this, too, is because Robert Roode did get a pin over Seth Rollins that they decided on Raw that they needed to have Seth Rollins and Robert Roode face off in a match, which makes all sense in the world. And then Robert Roode lost. I think it was by DQ or whatever, but they like then had to book themselves. It's like you went through all this trouble, like you said, just to have a promo for five seconds. Yes. It's So Braun could say, could be mad at Seth and say he's going to get these hands. Unbelievable. And... Then Braun destroys both sets of tag team champions. <laughs> yes. It's it's Can I go on a rant here for Absolutely. A second? Absolutely you can. I hate this fucking company. I <laughs> for one match in, Joe. We have a I'm, 10 more to go. I'm going to tell you why. We have okay. 10 I, more to go. I we can't be you are you are you sure you want to do this now? Yes, I do. We have 10 more matches to go on Clash of Champions. But go I, ahead. I do. I hate this fucking company. And you know what this... Here's the thing. The wrestling isn't that bad. The wrestling is actually pretty good. Mm, I'm going to slightly disagree with you there. I think a few years ago it was. This This show was filled with boring bullshit. Like, slow... I, 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 I In prior years, I would absolutely agree with you. I think the, the work has been pretty goddamn mediocre this entire year. So I didn't say the wrestling was great. 
I didn't say it was awesome or very good. Or I said it's not that bad. This was an entire show, for the most part, of acceptable three-star work. Okay? I'd agree Up and that. down yeah. the car. This is all I'm saying. Like, the wrestling isn't that bad. Like, even matches I expected to be bad were fine. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus fucking Passion Fire or Fire and Desire. <laughs> fire and Desire, Joe. Okay? Fire and Desire. Yeah. It was a perfectly acceptable three-star match. And I didn't know what to expect out of that. Right? Um, it's like the wrestling in this company is fine. I just watched SmackDown and Raw before we recorded this show. Okay? Liberal fast-forwarding, because you have to. But I watched both of those shows. And the wrestling is fine. But I hate, I hate everything else about this company so much that I cannot enjoy it. And watching these three-hour pay-per-views is like sitting in a dentist chair. I cannot take it anymore. And I don't know what I'm going to do. They're also four hours. They're also four hours. Joe... I yeah, am in, I, and, and you mentioned, this, <laughs> yeah, who are you fucking kidding, man? Sam, you're goddamn dead. I am in full, and we're one match in, and we've already decided we hate that we don't want to do this anymore. I am in full, and, and I guess this is a good time to bring it up. If we want to start maybe just doing the big shows and not doing every little rinky ding fucking pay per view, especially in the next few weeks, as NXT is going to go to Wednesdays and, and AEW is going to start a TV show and AEW is going to run more, I am fully in favor because I had the same thing as you. I'm watching this. And my eyes are just glazing over and I'm going, my God, in my head, I'm thinking of everything else I could be doing with my life. And I'm sitting here watching this shit show. And it's just like, and I wish it was fun bad too. It's not. It's such a waste of time. It's not entertaining at all. Even though the wrestling isn't that bad. Because the booking and the storytelling is utter shit. It's utter shit. Look at what they did in this match we just talked about. It's shit. Okay? The fucking everything about this company is annoying. The interview robot girls in the back annoy the fucking shit out of me. Why do the ring announcers growl? Do you notice this now? The ring announcers don't just announce that they growl. They growl the names. It's so inf- listening to fucking Greg Hamilton and his little mini me they have now growl the ring announcements. It it sends fucking I mute when they're introducing people because it's it's like fucking nails across a chalkboard when this man growls the wrestlers names why does he do that rich why does he growl their names? i don't know man yeah no greg greg hamilton drives me he up a wall so the robber <laughs> it's just like oh but my god Shinsuke! but it's not <laughs> just that it's like, and he growls why does he growl at the end of everyone's name i don't know yeah that it's i realized the, the, During the show, I realized that, like, go ahead. The, 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 the commentators, Rich, I cannot take the commentary anymore. It's <laughs> so bad. And it's, it's just they treat the viewers like they're, they speak to you like you're a child. And the production, the fucking shaky cameras when someone's getting punched, the bright primary colors burning my fucking eyeballs out on all of these shows with the fucking reds and the blues just blurring out your fucking eyes. You can't take it anymore. And it's just the, the, the way that they shoot everything and the way that they talk and, 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 and the way that they repeat whatever fucking shitty fucking alt-rock band 
to play the for their fucking song to represent the pay per view, and they just play the song over and over until you can't fuck. You want to fucking puke because you don't want to listen to these songs anymore on every fucking bumper, and just the the, the, the graphic screens annoy me. Everything about this company annoys the shit out of me to the point where the only way I could possibly enjoy this company is if the matches were great. And I'm talking great. And that's the thing. The matches are never great. They're never even very good. They're always acceptable three-star matches with horrible storytelling, which they pride themselves. This company, everyone in the company will tell you how we tell stories. And what they don't understand is that like the weakest aspect of this company is the stories they tell. Right. We're going to talk about the next match we're going to talk about is an absolute abomination of the heel babyface dynamic, the Bailey Charlotte one. It's the thing that they're arguably the worst at, <laughs> telling stories, both bell-to-bell bell and long-term and outside. The, like, the fucking storytelling this company is, is the last thing they should be bragging about. They're awful at it. It's, it's the worst thing they do on top of all of the terrible things they do. I just hate how I, – I, I hate everything about this company. Why do I watch this company? I hate it. I don't dislike it. I don't find it boring. I fucking actively hate it. And what do we do about it? We can't not talk about it. It's not. It's like you can't tell me. Oh, I know. Hate it so much that you shouldn't talk about. No. Isn't it my job to talk about it and tell you why I hate it so much? Isn't that my job? Isn't that my responsibility to give you honest opinions about it? And if, if it sucks to tell you it sucks. I mean, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? I'm starting to debate if that is what we're supposed to do at this point because, like, four hours of my life that I'm never getting back, and I, I, I really, it was this show for whatever reason. I'm, I'm right with you too for whatever reason. And there has been worse shows that they put on. This show was fine. The show was absolutely fine. But it, it was the same thing like you're saying. Like Greg Hamilton would say someone's name, and I just get in fucking infuriated. I get like upset, and I'd like, mad. I want to punch you. And then like my dog would bark, and I'd like look at him, and I'm like, shut, shut up. I'm, like I don't know why I was like getting mad at my dogs. Like I was eating food, and it didn't taste good, and like I, I was just annoyed about everything, everything that they did, like every spot that was done. I was just like, God, that sucks. God. You know what I mean? Like you can see from my tweets, I'm just like, that was stupid. That was lame. That was like, I just, I hated it. I just hated watching this. Like my life was worse on Sunday night as I'm watching this. Like I actively disliked my life watching the show and i ha- i really had this point like you where everything annoyed me the entrances annoyed me the, the entrance music annoyed me the music that people had i was like oh god damn that that thing's terrible like why, 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 why they decide like the only thing i liked is fire and desire's name i was like oh that's a good tag team name that was it the rest of the show i was annoyed about and i think one of the worst things too that gets me and 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 you know people can people are listening to this right now and we got our wb defenders going ah oh, you guys are and all that sort of stuff joe the WWE crowds don't make any noise anymore. No, they don't. This is amazing. Go back and watch. I, I recently went back and watched a show from like 2016. My buddy was over. We were just throwing on random matches or whatever. And like, it was like, I forget what it was. It was some, you know, something from maybe a hell in a cell 2016 or something like that. I forget exactly what the show was that we were watching, but it was like, Oh, wait a minute. What, what's that noise? It's like, Oh, the, the crowd's reacting. Like people come out and the crowd reacts matches happen and the crowd reacts. People win and lose and the crowd reacts. And it's like, you never, realize like no in 2016 they weren't molten hot like they were in 1998 or 1999 or whatever but but you still like it's night and day joe these shows nobody makes any noise anymore and it's just like i i, I have to fumble my remote and think am i on mute about what's going on like you can say all you want about oh joe and rich hate WWE. that's why yada 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 that crowd goes there 
buys their money, sits down, and doesn't make fucking noise at all during the show. Like that to me is almost the most telling thing. And and like I love when crowds make noise. You know what I mean? Like that gets me into a wrestling show. Even the worst wrestling show you have, if the crowd's actively into it, I'm gonna give it some sort of thought, some sort of merit. Blood sport, we're gonna talk about in a bit. I didn't love the show all that much. There were some matches that didn't really deliver for me, but the big spots when the crowd was going nuts and the crowd was incited, I was excited. I was ready to go for that show. The entrances, they were cool with. The finishes, they were all cool with in Bloodsport. You get none of that in WWE. The crowd doesn't make noise anymore, and it's stunning to listen in the middle of, uh, of a match, in the middle of, let's say, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, five minutes into the match, if you want to go with that, and it's just, it's crickets. You, you hear nothing except the, 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 the random blabbering from from Corey Graves disagreeing with Byron Saxon and calling him a loser and Tom Phillips like that's all you hear is you just hear them filling every second with their noise because the crowd's not making any of it and it's startling and I think that's the thing that gets me the most is it's like you can say whatever you want about Joe and Rich and yada 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 yada, whatever the crowd don't they don't care anymore they don't care nobody gets crowd reactions anymore and that is so telling and so awful but man, I was right with you watching this show. I just everything annoyed me on the show. Every single thing annoyed me, and I really had to think: is this is this our job? Do we really do we really have to do this? Do we really still have to watch every single one of these four hour pay per views? I don't know. The unfunny comedy. I mean, the twenty four seven stuff. I mean, listen. If you think that stuff's funny, that's fine. No, no. Check that. No, it's if not. You no, you're, you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Like, if you what's think wrong funny. with you? If you genuinely think our truth and Carmella are funny, I, 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 what the fuck is wrong with you as a human being? Like, why? How is it? On, on, how is any of that funny? Right? They, they dress up in like in a fucking costume. It's the same every time, and then all of the fucking jabronis chase them around the building. How, Rich? What's funny about it? <laughs> what is funny about that? We're entertaining about that 24-7 title. Oh, my God. Joe, do, 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 this segment, too, and this one got me. Again, this is when I knew I was just infuriated from the show. We're jumping ahead a little bit because I think this happened uh, before the, uh, the the Alexa Bliss-Nikki Cross match. But so they, they have their backstage. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are doing their promo with ro- insert robotic uh, WWE backstage interviewer. And <clears throat> the boom mic falls into Alexa Bliss's face, and you're supposed to think, oh, this is, what a gaff that, that boom mic fell in her face or whatever. And then you find out that it's R-Truth and Carmelo who are holding the boom mic. Yes. R-Truth then says, oh, don't tell anybody that I'm here, or oh, don't 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 make a big scene. Like, I'm trying to kind of, I'm playing, you know, I'm, I'm in costume, I'm in character, whatever. And Alexa Bliss grabs the boom mic and says, hey, everybody, R-Truth's back here if you want to get that 24-7 title. Yeah. And then a parade of geeks come running in. And yeah, go like thanks, Alexa and Joe. I lost my goddamn mind because okay, because <laughs> and again, people are gonna say, "Oh, it's fun. Just let it go." No, <laughs> basic logic. No, it's not fun. What's fun it's about not it? Fun. <laughs> basic logic is so you you have this camera shot with our truth clearly visible on said camera shot, right? Basic logic. Basic logic. <laughs> you, <laughs> you said it's basic logic. Do you know what you're talking about here? Did you just did we just unfold <laughs> the booking of Seth Rollins? Oh and you're gonna go, no, no, it's basic logic, Joe. It's basic logic. No, I'm <laughs> saying it's opposite of basic logic. It's the opposite <laughs> because our truth is on the camera. So you see our truth. So presumably the 24-7 geeks are watching a monitor backstage, right? I so they're watching a monitor backstage. So they hear Alexa Bliss say, Hey everybody, our truth is back here. 
but they didn't need to because they just saw our truth and he just talked on camera. So they heard Alexa say, our truth is here. They didn't see our truth apparently. So that when Alexa says, Hey, our truth's right here on the same camera shot that also shows our truth is right there. They all start running in then and go, Oh, our truth's here. And then Drake Maverick stops and goes, Oh, thanks Alexa. In between not fucking his wife. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Because he wants a title where everyone wants to beat you up 24 hours a day. Why do you even want the title? I don't understand why you want that. Why would you want that title? It basic logic. Explain the basic logic as to why you'd even want this title. I don't understand. They've never explained that. I guess we're just supposed to enjoy it, Rich. Just turn your fucking brain off. I can't do that. No, I'm not going to. Sorry. Don't listen to the show if you I, want you to know, turn our brains watch. off. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I know. I cannot do that. I can't accept it. It's just bad. The bad comedy. The It infuriates me every time a robot interview girl does one of them interviews. It's just, it's vapid. It adds nothing to the shows. It's It's all just, it's just the most overproduced shit. The entire, it's just all overproduced shit. It's the only way I can put it. With incredibly just it's it just just acceptable with acceptable wrestling which isn't good enough when the rest of it is just utterly annoying and I, I i genuinely question people who look forward to this shit and watch all of it how what are you enjoying about this like explain to me what you enjoy about i would love for people to explain to me what they enjoy about this I, I cannot figure. Do you just? Is it just about seeing what color Sasha Banks' hair is? Is that that? Listen, I'm not judging you. If that's all it is, just tell me. I get the idea that people just want to see what color Sasha Banks' hair is, and fucking see what kind of zaniness fucking Carmella could get into with our truth. And if that's what you're enjoying about it, fine. But it's like I, I don't understand. That's not fucking. That doesn't. It's not wrestling. What like you're not watching it for for what's good about wrestling then, because there's nothing in this company that is that is what's good like the, the good things about wrestling. None of them exist in this company. The matches aren't great. The stories they tell are abysmal and bottom of the barrel and designed for children, and and they're even insulting for children because there's no continuity ever. They change on a whim, so the stories are terrible. Right, so that's not the hook. The wrestling's not great, so that's not the hook. It's overproduced, so that's not the hook. What is it that you enjoy? Is it just the personalities? Is that it? Familiarity, is, I, is, I think. It's just, it you, you know, habit. To, yeah. Do you have to get your weekly dose of fucking uh, uh, Mandy Rose because you fucking, uh, for whatever reason, you think she's, I, I mean, is that all it is? Is that what people, is that the attraction? We know that people are leaving in droves, but the ones that are staying, and enjoying this and watching everything. What is it about this that's appealing to you? Because it cannot possibly be anything having to do with the wrestling product. It can't be. I'm, I'm baffled at the people who defend it because I don't know what it is exactly that they like. I, I don't understand. And I don't know how to handle this or what to do. Because I watched this show the same way you did. Like, this is such a waste of my time. I I, I hate this. What I'm, I, I just I just think of the four hours of other wrestling I can watch uh, yeah. across the world in America. 
old stuff, <laughs> stuff I've never seen before. And this wasn't even bad. Like this wasn't no. a normal show. Well, I think that's what made it worse. I think again, that's what made it worse is I was watching this going, this is all perfectly fine, but I hate my life because I'm watching you know it. You're right, because the Saudi Arabia shows were awful, and at least I was able to laugh at them and say how terrible they were. This was just existed. So you're right, that's worse. Because there's just nothing to fucking sink your teeth into or analyze. So let's sink our teeth into it and analyze it. What's next? There we go. Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. So we come into the match with uh, Charlotte Flair, the genetic freak, who's uh, the 19-time women's champion because she's better than everybody else. That's the babyface, by the way. Uh, then you have the uh, plucky underdog Bailey, who's sick of uh, getting denied chances. She is the heel uh, because she used the chair that one time. And in this match, they went three minutes and 45 seconds after Bailey removed the bottom turnbuckle, threw Charlotte's face into it, and then rolled her up and pinned her, and then ran out of the ring with the title, even though she came down to the ring slapping hands with her same entrance that she always has. So Charlotte is a fucking asshole. Why am I supposed to feel bad for her that I these two know. people are there beating her up? She's a, she's a fucking... She, Charlotte is the most pompous, arrogant asshole on the entire roster. Bow to me, I'm the fucking queen. Mm-hmm. All this bullshit. I've said Why it for years. I, this is It's prototypical Vince McMahon babyface. He thinks the same thing that Roman... Like The idea of him, of a babyface, is somebody who you cannot deny their greatness and their genetic freaks and they're tall and they're beautiful and they're blonde and they got giant boobs and they're they're, like, that is his, his ideal is, is Charlotte. Like that is the ideal is, is a woman who is just, uh, she's, she's got the, she's a flair. She's got, you know, her, her family. She was a great athlete. She was a volleyball player. She's a 19 time world champion. She's, she should bow down to her. Like all that sort of stuff. That's what he thinks is good. Because we saw it with the Becky Lynch story last year, where the idea that Becky Lynch was complaining about not being able to, you know, get an opportunity, and and oh, you know, I'm, I'm I've been working my ass off, but I'm still just getting blocked or whatever. That was that was heel, you know, complaining, not just taking it by the horns, not grabbing the brass ring and ripping it from your opponent. That is is heel work, but ripping that from your your, your the, the, that's that's a babyface, you know. It goes back to Hulk Hogan, really. You watch these old Hulk Hogan matches, and he was a total fucking asshole, cheating and 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 taking Randy Savage's lady and doing all this shit. But that's what Vince McMahon thinks is a, is a good guy, is someone that just doesn't wait for opportunities but takes them and acts like an asshole to everybody else. So there's your answer. There's nothing virtuous about Charlotte. No, she's just an asshole. Uh, but the, my problem is, if this was any other company, I wouldn't care about the heel face dynamic because I want more sophisticated storytelling. The problem is this company is built around face heel dynamics. So you 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 expect them to get them right. And they should get them right, but they don't get them right. There's no reason to root for Charlotte. And this goes back to what you said before. This is why their crowds are quiet. Because why would anyone be emotionally invested in any of these stories? Any of the stories they tell. When the stories are bad, impossible to understand. They don't know how to control the emotions of their crowds. And people turn on a dime. So it's like they've taught their crowds not to be emotionally invested in anything that they do, which is why their crowds are terrible now and don't react to anything. So there you go. What's next? Yeah, that's that's that. So uh, move on here. Oh, and, and one thing, too, that I, I, I disliked about this as well is, is, you know, you talk about the heel face dynamic or whatever. The fact that Bailey spends, you know, four or five years being the good, you know, the baby face and all that sort of stuff. And then she turns heel for a week and now she's already cheating and running out of the ring and, and being nefarious and kind of a chicken shit and stuff. And I, I hate that. It's just like it's such lowbrow basic 
surface level heel work instead of just like slowly building to her maybe a little bit slowly deciding you know what now i'm gonna start maybe using some of these tactics i don't like that i'm doing it i'm conflicted it's just you know she turns heel one day and then the next day she's just throwing people into you know exposed turnbuckles and running away with titles or whatever it's just like all right <laughs> whatever you one know day you're one day you're good enough to win on your own but the very next day because you're a heel you can't you can't win on your own anymore. exactly right? i hate that shit it's just it's surface level bullshit so well rich is a show for children so yeah, we're, we're Breaking down show for children. That's that's part of the problem. What's next? Uh, so this I did like. Revival uh, defeated the New Day by submission to win the SmackDown Tag Team titles. This was uh, pretty good. I don't think there was a whole lot of bullshit in here. Uh, and a pretty well-worked match for, for 10 minutes. So so I enjoyed this one. What did you think of uh, Revival uh, and the New Day? It was fine. It was a fine and a long line of fucking three and a quarter star matches on this show. The problem was the finish. Which, Rich, I've seen glaciers move across continents faster than this. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck was why did this take so like this long convoluted setup for the finish of this match and again crowd didn't care about any of this that's the other problem but yeah i mean it was just you know i don't know it was fine but i'm so aggravated by this point in the show that it's gonna take more than fine to impress me you know and it's like again this is a show written for fucking nine-year-olds that 30-year-olds will will defend fucking online even though it's written for nine-year-olds. It's a sh- show written for nine-year-olds when the average viewer is like 53. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's none, none of this makes sense. Like, none of this fucking makes sense. And and here we are with our blood pressure up. I'm standing and pacing it. <laughs> I'm sweating for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> this company does this to me. They hurt They like hurt my body. Like, what, this is terrible. Why do I do this? Dopey, stupid children's show that 50-year-olds are watching, and, and we're getting our fucking... Uh, blood pressure worked up over it what's yeah, that we're, we're the idiots anyway uh, alexa bliss and nikki cross they defeat mandy rose and sonya deville fire and desire uh to retain the women's tag team titles do you care anymore about this it's shockingly about? inoffensive it was pretty good it was pretty good given yeah. the fact that the people that were involved in it yeah it was a lot better than it had any right to be yes all right shinsuke nakamura defeated the miz for uh to retain his uh, intercontinental championship Sami Zayn was on the outside being annoying and loud and uh joe i don't remember anything about this match so hopefully you do because i'm reading it and i kind of forgot it even existed so it's because it was an eight minute smackdown match i mean you know this was basically a fucking four hour smackdown is what this was but yeah there's nothing really to talk about here it was fine uh, and then a match that I may be the most overrated match I've ever seen in real time in my life. Sasha Banks uh, defeated defeats Becky Lynch by disqualification, Raw Women's title, uh, in 20 minutes. Man, I saw people fucking loving this match and talking about the energy in the crowd. And maybe this is just me being jaded, but I, I just didn't. I didn't buy it. I just didn't get the vibe that other people got. And then you have the, the, the DQ finish was essentially just it kind of gets thrown out. Like the match just nobody ever rings a bell. Becky Lynch hits a referee with a chair in the shoulder the lightest chair shot ever, and then they brawl on the outside for 10 minutes without the referee ever getting up. Then they get back in the ring, and Becky is, I guess, disqualified. The bell never rings. She just walks to the back with the title, and that's it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I thought this was the best sh- match on the show. Because um, at least it had some intensity, and the crowd was into it. And it, yeah, I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I thought it was the best match on the show though i'd go like three and a half you know and 
I thought it had intensity and the crowd was now I'm just repeating myself. What exactly? Yeah, just move on. This is stupid. We we got blood sports yeah. to talk about. Uh, uh Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, uh, exactly what we've been saying forever. Kofi Kingston comes out, gets the like Joe, the reaction that he got was sad. That new day music oh. plays, and you have like eight people being like, Yeah, Kofi. And it's just like, oh my god, this guy is gonna eat the biggest F five on that first episode of SmackDown and get pinned and be right back in the mid card doing tag team title matches. This Sting ain't working, and this match did not work either. Oh my god, was this just a never-ending bore fest? This twenty-minute match with Orton. Yeah, we've talked about it at length. It's a shame, but this is one of the worst world title reigns that this company's ever seen, like of any length. I'm not talking about when someone holds a title for fucking two days, but of a substantial, real title reign. This is one of the worst they've ever had. I mean, Kofi Kingston has yet to crack like two stars in any of these title defenses. It fucking peaked with the title win, and, and he should have lost it the next night. That was the story. The story was him winning the title from Daniel Bryan. At the end of the day, Kofi Kingston is a, is a mid-card wrestler. That might be hard to hear for some people, but it, that's what he is. He's a nice little mid-card wrestler. Um, if anything, if we've learned anything from this title reign is that Kofi ain't it. I mean, the matches are not good. And he ratings have just plummeted, you know, almost immediately from the moment he won the title. Um, there's no interest in him. He doesn't even get crowd reactions anymore. He got no. You you weren't exaggerating. He got this was no telling. Crowd. Yeah, go back and watch this. Like, listen to the crowd noise and look at look at the crowd too. It's not like maybe it was poorly mic'd or whatever. You want, and nobody stood up. Nobody moved. It was just like, ah, here comes Kofi. <laughs> like, okay, here we go. It's it was matter- startling. There- Rich, there was a smattering of booze. There was a smattering of booze for this man. Um, you know, it, it's it has not worked out at all. And like we said last week, it's Fox time. It's big boy time. I mean, they already did the angle. Brock is going to beat him. Oh, he's well. going to beat that guy in, in, in 35 seconds on that five, and that's it. Well, I mean, I don't know if they'll squash him. It wouldn't shock mm. me. <laughs> They're gonna squash it. Are you I mean, kidding? It wouldn't shock me. I, but I, I you know, I, it, will they have him be feisty? Possibly. I don't think they should squash. Yeah, Brock ain't going in there for five minutes, man. Get out of here. He's winning in a minute. I, I don't think they should squash him. I think Kofi should put up a fight and try to get the crowd into the match, and then Brock, you know, hits the F five and win. But I don't think they should squash him. I don't think that's the right story. It's not Kofi's Kofi's story has been the whole fighting champion thing and Oh, I agree. I just I know what's gonna happen though. I, I'm with I'm with you hundred yeah. percent. I don't think they should squash him, but I wouldn't shock me if they do. But I do think they should put the title on Brock. I mean it's the right business decision. You can't have this guy as your champion on Fox. You can't have this guy who does not get good crowd reactions and doesn't have good matches and and just has been bad. Okay, to be charitable, has been neutral for business. We all know he's been bad for business. Um, if you're looking at numbers, as your champion, on when this Fox thing has to work, it has to work. You cannot fail on Fox. You know this is their fucking the revenue they're getting from this. It has to work. So you you put it on a real star. They gave him a chance. It just it hasn't. It has not worked out. So I think we all saw this coming. And I don't even think it's the wrong move. I mean, again, he goes out there and just has a flat-ass two-star match that the crowd doesn't care about. So, uh, I don't know. 
it's like a broken record with these Kofi title matches. Yeah. They just do nothing for you. Well, it's such a lame title. It does stink. Yeah, it kind of sucks because there was so much potential in there. And there's, I, I, I think that if things went well and maybe they did some things differently, it could have worked. But like you said, at the end of the day, when the bell rings, he's just not bringing it. And, and I know it's against Orton. I know it's very tough to get, you know, like great matches out of Orton. But Kofi is not. We talk about the brass ring or whatever, making it work. Like he, I don't think Kofi's out there making these matches any better than than they would be if if. He was in there against anybody else other than Randy Orton. Yeah, he had a great match against Daniel Bryan. Okay, not too difficult. Join the list, but everybody, everyone else he's faced, it's just it hasn't clicked on that same level. And 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 yeah, well, Orton does drag things down, but well, he's just not jumping off the screen. He's not. I mean, he's you not. can you can have a good match with Randy Orton. It's it's possible to still have a good match with Randy Orton. It's not impossible, but he hasn't. The other thing about the Daniel Bryan match, though, is people were invested because the build to that was so good and the story was so good. But it, it but again, it should have right. ended. He's. Look, he's a he's he's a guy who's a popular mid carder. That's what he is, and I think that this title reign has proved that. And you know, it's I get you know maybe okay we're we're capturing lightning in a bottle here, but it, it's obvious that they weren't. The story that people wanted here was him winning the title. The story of him holding the title just people just don't find it compelling. Mm-hmm. That's bottom line. Look, crowd reactions and the ratings and the business metrics tell the story. People are not compelled by this title reign. And on top of that, it'd be one thing if he's out there having killer matches. He's having, oh, God, these matches are just so dry on top of it. Right. There's, so, not, there's no aspect of it you I can don't know. Brock, There's no Brock aspect. Has, no, no aspect of it. None. Yeah, Brock has to win. Yeah, and, and he definitely will. Uh, all right, move on here. Last two matches here. Eric Rowan defeats Roman Reigns in a no disqualification match with lots of stairs. Eric Rowan loves his stairs. That is at least in canon that Eric Rowan is a stair guy. Yeah, that stairs match with a uh, uh, big show many moons ago, but uh, a lot of stairs in this, a lot of fighting on the outside, some table spots. Uh, what do you think of Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns? Very bored by this. And the worst part about this, if I were Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff or whoever, and I really genuinely truly had power, and it looks like Paul Heyman does have some power. Okay. First thing I would do is ban announcer table spots for a year. Why does every fucking pay-per-view have to have somebody going through in multiple matches? People have to go through these fucking announce tables. Okay. And they're not even big spots anymore because people are so immune to them. They're like transition spots, putting someone through a table. At one point, Roman Reigns went through a table in this match and popped up in like 15 seconds, and then they went and brawled into the crowd. Yeah, oh, they're nothing anymore. They're transition spots. They're, they're, they just exist because you got to check a box of, okay, let's go through the, the, the announcer. Like they, they're utterly meaningless at this point. I'm convinced that they put some of those foreign language announce tables ringside just so they have more tables to break. I mean, there's, you know, why, why was the German announce table out there on this show? So they had another set of tables to break. For another match. It's bad enough you do it in multiple matches, which takes the steam off of it. You know, whoever did it earlier in the show, it takes all the but no one fucking cares about those spots don't even get reactions anymore. Rowan put Reigns through a table, it got no reaction, and then Roman popped right up. And they did a walk and brawl into the, you know, that area but whatever that area is called, between the crowd, the production area. And then they did another table spot within five minutes. Enough with the table spots, you know. It, it's just the go-to, and and I don't know. This was just generic and boring, and and it didn't hook me. And I don't care about either of these people. And I don't know what was the next match. 
And then the next match, the final match, Seth Rollins defeating Braun Strowman to retain his WWE Universal Championship. Yeah, again, it was fine. You know, nice little three-star <laughs> match. They, worked their, ass- they worked their asses off in this match. They did. But it's like... And here's the other thing. Seth is such a fucking geek. It's like... That's why he's not working either and not connecting. Because he's a fucking dork. Like, why would anyone rally behind this guy? And then on Raw, he gets, you know, fucking Bray the fucking killer clown fucking attacks him at the end of the Raw and the lights are flickering and and Seth's sitting there with his eyes closed and it's all fucking hokey and, and melodramatic and nonsense. And, like, Seth is just such a geek, though, that why would I feel bad for him? Like, he's just, he's a nerd. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like he's just a fucking this pro the way his promo style the way he talks the way he carries himself, um, he's like a tryhard geek, and he's not connecting with audiences either. It hasn't since he won the title either time, you know. Count the couple weeks they didn't have it, um, and they just have a serious serious problem with creating. And this is not news to anyone: baby faces and baby face champions. They just are terrible at it, and the ones that they have chosen haven't worked either one of them, and um. You know, it's hard to really be super invested in these Seth Rollins matches because, I don't know, he's just a guy that I don't give a fuck about and never will. Yeah, there might be a segment of the audience that's still kind of invested in Seth. I, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of done Where with it. Why, why are the ratings what they are? Then? No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you're, I, don't you're, I don't think people are invested in Seth Rollins. I really don't. I, I You know, he, his title reign between WrestleMania and when he lost it to, to Brock with the cash-in, ratings were in a free fall. Attendance was in a free fall. All the business metrics are in a free fall. Uh, like Kofi, he doesn't. He gets better reactions than Kofi most of the time, but they aren't like. Does he get a superstar pop when he comes out? When his music hits? Oh, definitely not. No, no, no. I mean, he doesn't connect either. You know, it, it's and we've been talking about this for months. And you know, it, it's like Braun. I don't know uh, it, this whole thing. You know, and now they're moving on the Bray. And the thing about it is. People are into the Bray thing. I am not into the Bray thing. I think it's silly and goofy and nonsense. It's not for me. The flickering lights, the dopey mask, the fucking... I, I, I don't need murder clowns fucking snapping Finn Balor's neck and threatening to kill people and, and spooky music playing. I don't need that in my wrestling, okay? I need one guy has a title, the other guy wants to win it, and they, they fucking have a match. And they hate each other, and they have. A, I don't need fucking fucking horror movie in my rest. I don't need it. It's why I didn't like Lucha Underground. But I understand that there's some people who are into it, and 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 it's it's fine. But but it's definitely not for me. But at least the Bray thing is something that I feel like is connecting with people. So I have to give it that because. People respond positively to it. People think it's really cool. Now, look, do I think it's going to run out of steam? I mean, eventually this guy has to wrestle. That's The bell's going to have to ring at some point. At some point, the house lights are going to have to come on, and he's going to have to wrestle. And he's going to have to wrestle. The way that they can make this work is if they adapt their main event style and say, okay, look, we have him in here. This guy cannot work 25-minute matches. He can't work 10-minute matches. Like, we're going to make these quick matches. He's either going to win or he's going to lose. Uh, you, you know, there, there's a lot of bells and whistles they're going to have to do, but they're not going to, we know they're not going to do that. They have their house style and they want you to work a certain way. So Bray's going to have to adapt to that style. They're not going to change 30, 40 years of the way they've been, been doing main events to adapt to him. 
but they're going to have to because once that bell rings and once you have to have a 20 minute Bray Wyatt match, that's where the problem comes in. I had no issues with the Bray. The Bray Wyatt character was always go- goofy and hokey or whatever, but I always got there was a segment of the fan base that enjoyed it, that really liked it. And, and I'm the same way with this Fiend thing. I, I get it. Like fans are invested in it. Fans enjoy it. I like that. That's cool. That It's good to have one guy come out and be feel like he's a star and have people react to him. It's awesome to have that. The problem, though, is at some point the bell's going to ring, the house lights are going to come on, the mask is going to have to come off, and he's going to have to have a you know a 15-minute main event match against Seth Rollins. And, and how is that going to work? Because what we've seen from Bray in the past, it hasn't worked. It hasn't clicked once those big-time matches have to happen, and, and they're going to have to happen. And it looks like they're going to happen a lot quicker than we thought. So I don't know. They're going to either adapt their entire style to, to suit him, or he's, I don't know, maybe he's figured it out you know, in the time that he's been gone. But I don't think so. So that that's the big worry is that once that bell rings, once that main event kicks off, like that could derail the whole thing because he just goes out there and has a you know a mundane twenty minute match, and then then what that, what's left of that character after that? And, and, and on top of that, no one cares about Seth Rollins, so it's not like people are going to be rallying around this super popular babyface champion. I don't see Seth Rollins as that. I don't think people really give a shit about Seth Rollins. Um, so that, that's, and, and it's not the fiend that's going to work these matches. The fucking, the horror movie villain isn't working these matches. It's Bray Wyatt with the mask off. At the end of the day, it's Bray Wyatt. And we've seen this before. And it's not like it, I would be way more confident that this will work if it was a legitimate superstar babyface world champion of which they do not have on this roster. It's not Seth Rollins. It's not Kofi Kingston. It's not Seth. It, it's, it's because then at least fans would genuinely care about what's going to happen to this baby fit. People don't really care about Seth Rollins. I mean, he's not any more popular than, you know, some other mid card baby face on the show. It's just everyone's the same in this company. They don't get anyone over except Brock. You know, it's it's like he's never there. <laughs> the best thing out. is, if you never show up, they can't fuck you up. So you just show up once every three months, do your two moves, and bounce, and you're good to go. So it's it's well, that's that's the fiend too, because he never fucking wrestles. It's the same theory, right? It's it's the, the less you're there, then you get over because they don't fuck you up. You're there every week; they will find a way to fuck you up because they're horrible at this. It's a horrible company, horrible at getting people over. That's all there is to it. If people don't like hearing it, it's too bad because it's the truth. You don't get anybody over. They're doing 2.2 million viewers now. I mean, no, you know, the only people left are the people that care about Sasha Banks' hair color. That's it. You know, it's, it's a horrible company. So yeah, this guy has to wrestle without the dopey mask, mm-hmm. without the bells and whistles, without the lights flickering, without the fucking you know Firefly Funhouse things. Which again, listen. You like them? I get it. People like it. You never did a thing for me. <laughs> that's your, if that's your idea of high art, then my God. Yeah. Like, Jeez. You need to- <laughs> and I don't, I don't want that in my wrestling. I just want wrestling. Can't you just have wrestling with compelling characters who are tough and you want to find out who's tougher? You know, it's why I like Rich. That's why I like Brock. <laughs> I just, I don't need the other shit. I just need Brock to go in there and fucking beat people up. Maybe that's why Brock connects with me so much, even though it's very basic. Because it comes off like everything that wrestling should be when everything else they do in his company is everything wrestling shouldn't be. Right. The guy just wants to win so the title because when he wins the title, he gets more money and he wants the fucking title because it proves that he's the best in the company. So he comes in, he fucking throws you around, he wins the title, and he proves he's the best in the company. And then he goes away. 
until someone decides they want to challenge him to be the best in the company. Then he comes to the ring and he hits you with his moves and he proves he's the best in the company. And then he goes away. It's perfect. I love it. I love it too, man. I'm, I'm still on board. So I didn't even plan on being this negative with this segment. I didn't. <laughs> it just happened because I, I fucking hate it. You know, and it's like, you're usually the one that, I, you know, and I'm always needling you and trying to take you through it and trying to be the optimistic voice. I, I could, I just, something snapped in me. Maybe it was watching SmackDown and Raw before I did the show. Yeah, that, you, that is not healthy. Nobody, nobody told you you should do that. I don't know. Rich, all, all I saw was fucking praise for this Baron Corbin, uh, 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 Chad Gable match, King of the Ring final. Oh my God, Baron Corbin's making such strides. This was such a great match. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll check it out, right? Like, I don't know. I'll fucking watch yeah, it. Sure. Be fair. Got to be fair, right? Rich, holy shit. Please do me a favor and watch this match and tell me <sighs> I'm not great. This was the most basic. I'm not going to. No, I don't want to. This, I'm not going to. I don't. No, no. This was the most Baron Corbin-y Baron Corbin match. Like, you've seen this match so many times. Baron Corbin is his usual, average, nothing, fucking five out of ten self. And then the smaller, better opponent carries the entire fucking match, bumps all over the building for him, and does all the work. And at the end of the day, you just watched a two and three quarter star match or a three star match. That's what it was. I can't believe people were putting this over as some kind of like breakthrough moment for Baron Corbin or some kind of great TV match. It was it was every WWE match you've ever seen where the little guy's not good enough and the big guy just beats him up the whole way and you're supposed to not give the little guy a chance and he gets a – you know what? Every Rey Mysterio Jr. WWF match. That's what it right. was. And he's just hope spots and then, you know, and then at the end the fucking big guy hits his finish and it, it, they prove that the little guy isn't good enough. The baby face, they, they, they rub it in your face that the baby face that you're supposed to be rallying behind really isn't good enough because he's, you know, small. It's, you've seen this match a thousand times, except this time it was average ass Baron Corbin as the big heel, and and he's so fucking average and boring, and he's just a guy. And I, I finished this match, and I was like, "What the fuck did people watch where they thought this was some kind of breakthrough match for Baron Corbin or some kind of special match? This was every fucking." WWE TV match that you forget about in a week ever. I have no clue what people are talking about with this Baron Corbin Chad Gable match. Other than Chad Gable looked really good in the closing stretch flying around for Baron Corbin who it's every Baron Corbin's matches with Callisto were the same thing. Baron Corbin's matches with Dolph Ziggler were the same thing. It's now been four years and he's not any better. I have no idea how these people think that this guy is any better. He's the same exact guy. And he's still just an average guy who happens to be 6'6", and they tell you he's 6'8". And if this guy was 5'10", he wouldn't be employed. He does, what does he do that is anything other than average? Nothing! I couldn't believe the praise that this match got. After, I baffled after watching this match. And I'm, I'm, I'm demanding that you watch it, Rich. Demanding. So you can tell me if I'm the crazy one. Fine, I will. And all it did was make Gable look like a fucking geek. Well, and then guess what happened? Then, then to, to undo everything is that on SmackDown, Gable just came out and ripped up all uh, Baron Corbin's King of the Rings stuff. Well, what's the difference? They just told me that Chad Gable is, they've been screaming. 
screaming at me that he's a short, tiny guy. And they did it during the whole match, too, with Corey Graves. Ah, oh, he's so short. <laughs> yeah, it, it, tremendous humor in this company. Okay? They, they, they're, they're screaming at me that he's too small and too short, and then he loses clean anyway. So why would I care that he went and ripped up the fucking rope? Yeah, well, then he, and then he threw a hissy fit, and somehow you're supposed to rally behind the, yeah. the short guy that sucks that threw a hissy fit. He's the so. asshole here. <laughs> right. I, again, their story The short guy all- sucks, and he threw a hissy fit and ruined the guy who won fair and square stuff. And that's someone yeah. you're supposed to root for, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the guy who won was an asshole and insulting him and stuff, but he beat him fair and square. Why is he even out there? You know, go back to 205 Live and fucking wrestle Jack Gallagher. You're not in my league. We proved that. That's that, that's their storytelling. It, it's incredible. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's the floor is just, it's like the expectations are just so low that anything that's even mildly okay or, or passable, the people who watch this company think it's great. An average TV match with a fucking barely average wrestler in a story that you've seen a hundred times and people are raving about it like it was great television. I, I, it, it's astounding. That's how bad they've been where you get something that's just painfully average and you think it's great. Maybe that's their strategy. Let's be fucking awful for a year before we get on Fox. And then if we're average, people think we're great. Maybe that's the strategy. Maybe it's not an awful one either. Because my God, was that a nothing match with a complete non-entity like Baron Corbin. And now we have to hear about what a great heel Baron Corbin. The last time we heard about what a great heel Baron Corbin was, he (laughs) drew the worst shitty Tacoma show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Stop it. He drew 2,500 fans. They put that great heel in a main event in a pay-per-view, and he drew like 3,000 fans, and they had to curtain off half the building. I don't want to hear about what a great heel he is. I'm sick of it. All right, we got (laughs) – I'm trying to move on. I'm trying my best. All right, 10 more minutes here. Let's talk about Bloodsport. Bloodsport 2, Josh Burnett's Bloodsport 2. We will not get into the uh, naming dynamics, which annoy me. I know as much as you that this is not – Actually, Bloodsport, it is Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 2. It's Bloodsport 4, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 2, right? Well, it's the third Bloodsport. They had a Matt Riddle, right? It was the fourth, though. I thought there was one before that, wasn't there? Nah, it was the Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. And then it was Josh Barnett's Bloodsport at WrestleMania weekend. And I think this is the third one. I don't think there's a fourth one. Let's see. No, you're, you're right. Okay, so there was. So it's it's... It's Bloodsport 3, Josh Burnett's Bloodsport 2. Can I don't we agree know. with that? <laughs> well, Game Changer doesn't. Because I don't understand why the Matt Riddle Bloodsport isn't part of the canon. Well, because it's Josh Barnett's second Bloodsport. Yeah, but it's the third Bloodsport. <laughs> I, that's why I said it's Bloodsport 3, Josh Burnett's Bloodsport 2. Yeah, which is fucking bullshit. <laughs> right? it's, it's like, it's, a, it's First Blood and then Rambo 2. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's Josh one of these Barnett weird... can't ignore that, that, that a Bloodsport already happened. <laughs> I don't like that, and it bothers me, but it's whatever. It, 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 it is, yeah. Now abandoned um, uh, showboat in Atlantic City, which used to be a casino. It's no longer a casino. I don't know if there's still – I don't know if it's still a hotel, but uh, they run the showboat now. It's just an empty fucking 
I think they still have concerts. They might have concerts and stuff there. I'm not even sure about that. Oh man, now I'm, I'm now more excited. You, you, you speaking my words there, abandoned casino. I'm excited. So. Yeah, Showboat's an abandoned casino. They had an awesome. They had the best buffet in Atlantic City when they were, you know, before they. Atlantic City went through some hard times, Rich. I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah. All right. So we had a slight disconnect there, but uh, yeah, you were telling me about. Uh, a little bit about Atlantic City and the showboat here, but let's talk about uh, this because we're we're a little pressed for time here. I uh, do want to cover the show though. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling, Bloodsport Two, Josh Burnett's Bloodsport Two uh, here now. Joe, you watch the most of the show, so we'll actually kind of let's go kind of match by match here. I think is probably the best way to do it. Uh, I saw the entire show. We had Anthony Henry and Zachary Wentz in the uh, opener of two dark matches as well. Uh, but as far as the actual uh, main show, uh, it started off with Anthony Henry and Zachary Wentz. Anthony Henry beating Zachary Wentz in uh, just a little under four minutes. What do you think of uh, uh, this match? Which, by the way, I, if you don't know what Bloodsport is, by the way, it's work shoot style fighting. So there you go. Yeah, uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't see it. I we. I'll tell you when we get to the stuff I saw. So just. Uh... Oh, that's right. You saw the okay. So you saw the back end. Okay. So this match, I enjoyed it. Uh, it nice and quick. I think Henry um, is a guy who you could tell. Maybe knows a little. Wentz seemed like a little out of place in the sense where Anthony Henry did feel like he kind of knew the vibe. He knew kind of how to work it a little bit. Wentz, I, I'll give him credit. He tried his best, but I thought Anthony Henry really looked like the better of the two. Uh, and it was definitely the better idea to have him uh, go out there and win that. So I uh, had no problems with him winning. Decent match, but not one to really go out of your way and, and, and check out. There Again, we're going to talk about the kind of the theme of the show. There wasn't a ton of matches that I would say go out of your way to see, but the matches that were good were really, really, really good. So we'll talk about those. On a sec, uh, we had Eric Hammer and J.R. Kratos was the next match. Eric Hammer defeating uh, J.R. Kratos. This is pretty good. Uh, Eric Hammer, I guess, is a guy who mostly does Japan stuff. I think he's an IGF guy. I have not seen him all that much. And J.R. Kratos is a guy who uh, people that have watched the other blood sports uh, probably know him and know what he's able to do as well. Uh, this was pretty good. It got a little grapply at, at, at points. And and me, I like it a little bit more when guys are just kind of slapping and kicking each other. And, and, and more of the striking is what I like. This got a little grapply but not too bad and just enough to kind of keep my attention so uh eric hammer got the win which i was fine with he seemed like the more kind of polished fighter but jared kratos is is, is real fun in blood sports because he just goes out there and tries to just headbutt guys and punch dudes and slap them or whatnot so uh pretty cool stuff there uh allison k defeats uh nicole savoy by referee's decision in a little over 10 minutes here uh did not love this one all that much i saw some people that really really did enjoy it i uh, thought allison k was kind of boring throughout this i think savoy uh, was pretty good. She had a lot of really good strikes and a lot of really kind of quick offense. Uh, but Allison K had it looked like two things that she wanted to do this entire match, or two things that she knew how to do. So she just kept kind of going back to those and going back to those and going back to those and going back to those. Even uh, the commentary kind of alluded to like, oh, there she is with another one of those takedowns. Like it was like she went for the same takedown like six or seven straight times, and it got kind of boring. And then almost pretty much out of nowhere, she uh, uh, got the referee's decision over Nicole's voice. So this one, I had high hopes going in, and it just didn't quite deliver all that much. Uh, then you have Anthony Corelli, the former Santino, versus Simon Grimm. I loved this match. It's really good stuff. Uh, Simon Grimm, which is cool. Oh, sorry. You saw this one too then? Yeah, yeah go ahead. But I'm just telling okay, you. Okay, so you jumped in here. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. So you jumped in at this point. Uh, what I love too is that Simon Grimm, because it's so difficult in blood sports to kind of make characters, and obviously they don't have cheating, and they don't have all that sort of stuff. So you're trying to get like a heel-face dynamic. This definitely worked. I don't know if Grimm sort of decided as the match was going on, hey, look. They're all on board with you, man. They're, they're they're cheering for Santino. They want you to to beat me, so I'm going to go full on heel. But it was a really cool idea where Grimm was kind of a little bit more of an asshole. He would take a little bit more of uh, you know some some liberties with 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 Santino. And anytime you know Corelli was getting something going, Grimm would kind of cut him off, and it would get the crowd all upset because they just so badly wanted to see Santino slash Corelli 
go in there and beat this guy. So I thought they did a really good heel face dynamic between these two. And it was 10 minutes, but it flew by. And I think there were some good strikes, some good grapples. But but ultimately, I think the most fun match of the early portion of uh, of the show. Yeah, I didn't like it that much. I, I I think it's like a replacement level shoot style match, if that makes any sense. I thought it was fine, but you know it didn't really grip me or get me interested. And by the way, this is a shoot style show. For the people saying that this isn't shoot style, I mean you're wrong. Well, it's not shoot style, Joe, because people like it and it's entertaining. And it hasn't gone out of business yet. So once it goes out of business, then it'll officially be shoot style. So a little harsh from Krage there. A little harsh. I- I've got a slightly different spin on it, but I like the sassiness. I like the sassiness coming out of Secretly Sassy. Here's the thing. Just because you might not think it's good shoot style doesn't mean it's not shoot style. Just because it's not, you know, a bunch of charismaless fucking black tights wearing kickboxers in there doesn't mean it's not shoot style. Okay? Um, you know, it, it's, it could be, if you want to tell me it's bad shoot style, I might not even argue with you. Okay? But to say it's not shoot style, just because it's not fucking rings, okay, doesn't mean that it's not shoot style. That's absurd. What the fuck else is it then? Okay? That's ex- it's, it's precisely what this is. All right? It may not be fucking pancreas or rings, but it's still shoot style. So I, 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 you know, hearing people say that just it's it's like what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, you don't have to like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't think this was a good show. But I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's not shoot style just because some of the people aren't good at it or that it isn't, you know, good shoot style. That doesn't. It just it doesn't fly. Right. It's fucking. It's shoot style wrestling. It's exactly what it was. It's also, anyway, it's also mildly popular too, and you got to you know if you're you got to you got to right. deviate from from that. So yeah, that's the problem. You're right. I mean, it, it this is it's not it's not quite niche enough for people to give their stamp of approval of, and I understand that aspect of it too, and I know that's where you're going with it. You know, it's not a promotion that died fucking 25 years ago because the style just isn't marketable. So <laughs> but, I mean, that's the truth. All those, I, I, I said it too. They all die. They all die. You know, you know, it's, it's hard but, hits driving yeah. to run 20 people. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> people, but you know, and I like some of that stuff, but it is what it is. And, and it, you're right. I mean, this is a little too, now I hate to say mainstream because it is a niche, but mainstream in the bubble. Does that make sense? It's, yes. it's, it's yeah. too much. You know, too many people are kind of invading your fucking shoot space. Too many, too many normies are enjoying it, yeah. and that can't that can't happen. So, we, so. so we're not going to call it shoot style because it, you know, it, it's not fucking underground enough for us. Okay, it's not a fucking grainy VHS with fucking Andy Hug. So we're not going to call it shoot. <laughs> what a name! Wow, what a pull. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a I watched one. all that shit too. I mean, what do you want? But you know, it's like Andy Hug. I mean, you know. It, I'm not putting. I had nothing against Andy Hug. I mean, you know. I was gonna say, wow. Whatever you want to put in there, fucking, you know, you want to go fucking Volcan and fucking Tamora. That's fine too. You know, and Tamora rules. I'm not gonna hear any Tamora slander. I love Tamora. You know, he's the real fucking. I don't want to get into that, but no, we, we've done that before. Yeah, when I, I went back and watched all the Volcan matches and basically left going, yeah, Volcan's kind of boring, but Tamora fucking rules. Tamora, that guy's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, but but the point here is it's fucking shoe style. Anyway, this match here with uh, Corelli and 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 uh, 
Simon Gotch or Grimm or whatever he was labeled as here. To me, this was like replacement level fucking shoots. It was fine, but I, you know, I, I didn't do anything for me. Anyway, you may continue. All right, move on here. Speaking of not doing anything for me, Timothy Thatcher versus Minowa. Uh, I don't know anything about Minowa. Uh, I was hoping you could oh, maybe clue me in. I don't, but I know want to know him after I watch this match. So. This is Minowa, who is my favorite MMA fighter of all time. I love Minowa, man. He is the Super Hulk champion. What do you know about the Super Hulk? I know nothing about the Super Hulk. Yeah, you got to clue me in on. on oh my God, Rich, you Google it while I tell you about it right now. He won. The Super Hulk tournament, which included Jose Canseco. Do you remember this now? Oh, no? I'm in. Okay, hold on. I'm in. No, I don't, but I'm in now. And this was a shoot tournament now. This was fucking uh, Dream, I believe. They held this, the Super Hulk, but it's the Hulk, H-L-U-K, because what happened was some little kid like made up a belt for fucking Manala Man when he won, but the kid, it was like English was a second language, so he spelled Hulk H-L-U-K. So that became a meme. He's the Super Hulk champion, not the Super Hulk champion. But anyway, it was called the Super Hulk Tournament, and Manawa Man won that because he was the only thing even resembling a real fighter in the thing. Did you pull it up yet? Uh, I was, I'm not able to find the entire uh, lineup here, but I'll keep looking. Um, uh, okay, yeah. So Jose Canseco was in it, and, and you know, you don't remember the whole thing with Jose Canseco and the shoot I don't fight. think I do. I wish I would have because it sounds incredible, but no, I don't. Uh... I about like 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. But, uh, but anyway... Manawa Man is my favorite MMA fighter of all time. Okay, he's the, and remember he's Tiger Mask fucking five, or at least he was for like a week, and then they kind of dropped that. But um, there's one of these Japanese guys who you know, part time worked pro wrestler, part time shoot fighter. Um, you know, he doesn't have a great record or anything. He just a, was a charismatic fighter who used the pro wrestling style, similar to Josh Barnett. I think he's probably like I don't know, one of these dudes who's like thirty and thirty as a fighter or something, he might even have a losing record at this point, but, uh, but yeah, incredibly charismatic MMA dude. But uh, this, this match against Timothy Thatcher was fucking, this was the shit. Oh my God. You couldn't, cause I'm like you. I prefer if I'm going to watch a shoot style show like this striking, I want to see guys trying to knock each other out. I want to see vicious fucking strikes. You start grappling. You're going to lose me. And this was typical Tim Thatcher killing a crowd. Number one, he's nobody kills a crowd like Tim. <laughs> no, he is incredible at doing okay. it because they wanted so badly. This is another crowd that so badly wanted everything in the show to be good. So when they when they when they announce the guys, there's Thatcher chants. They're going nuts for Manawa. They're like just going nuts. They're going crazy. The match starts. They don't make a peep. When it's over, they start cheering again because they know that they should be cheering in this spot. But they spent ten minutes not cheering whatsoever, not making any noise because they were just bored out of their minds. So they tried, but yeah, yeah. So um, this was just, you know, and, and, you know, two guys just exchanging fucking holds in a very boring manner. And, um, yeah, this fucking sucked. There's no other way to describe this other than it sucked. And it was disappointing because I love Manawa Man, you know, and it's like how often do you get a chance to watch him wrestle these days or, 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 or even fight for that matter. And, you know, Tim Thatcher just like he does in America, suck the juice out of everything. And, um, you know, I've seen I've seen him get over at other places, but God, he's just a crowd murderer. This was awful. It was so bad. There was nothing entertaining about this whatsoever. I can't believe this only went nine minutes, man. It felt like twenty-seven minutes. I cannot believe it only went nine minutes. But yeah, Thatcher uh, beat Manawa uh, pretty much. I I, I want to say out of nowhere because like I'm sure he built it up, but like I was so fucking bored that 
I felt out of nowhere to me. So I'm sure there was some fucking hole that he did in the three minutes that mattered in the ninth, but who fucking cares? It was boring as hell. Uh, let's get to the next match here, one that I really did enjoy here. Dave Boy Smith Jr. defeating Tom Lawler by referee's decision. This fucking rot because these guys are just throwing bombs at each other. There's German suplexes. There's power bombs. There's fucking everything that you could ever want. Everything that you and I want out of this sort of style here. Uh, we got here with David Boy Smith and Tom Lawler. I love this match. Yeah, this was awesome. This fucking ruled. I mean, what was cool about this too was that uh, Davy Boy Smith found a way to do all of his like big pro wrestling spots. He incorporated every one of them into this shoot fight, and it all looked seamless and good. And I thought that that was uh, just a tremendous job out of him. And this, you know, it had the most heat. Well, maybe not. Maybe the next match did, but it had a ton of heat. And I thought these guys uh, worked uh, well together, and I enjoyed the fuck out of this. Out of the matches I saw, this was by far the best. And then the uh, second match, I think, the uh, second favorite match, I should say, for the entire night, Killer Cross uh, defeats Nick Gage by referee's decision in just over three minutes. That's exactly the length that needed to go. Nick Gage comes out, and he's a fucking god. Killer Cross comes out, and he looks like a, just a... a, a beast he's just bigger than nick gage he's just stronger than nick gage and that's how it plays out he just beats nick gage and nick gage gets pissed off he fucking throws a referee out on the outside tells everybody to fuck that shit and then he gives uh, killer cross a handshake on the way out and that's it it's just like what you talked about it's just two dudes trying to figure out who's stronger killer cross proves that he's stronger on this night nick gage is pissed off that he proved that he was stronger but basically said all right well you beat me but i still fucking hate you shakes his hand gets out of the ring we're good to go, man. That's all you want out of wrestling. <laughs> this is everything you could possibly want is exactly this match. This was everything that I love about wrestling, man. Three minutes, in and out. Good guy, bad guy, definitive winner. Loser still leaves with his head held high. Just perfect. Yeah, and again, Nick Gage isn't a trained fucking kickboxer, but that it's still shoot style. Just because someone's not good at it doesn't mean it's not that thing. Right, okay, right. That's so. This is what I'm talking about. Right, you know, the bell rang and he went for a takedown, you know, but, and Killer Cross just fucking laid him on the ground and said, "No, dude, are you kidding? Look at me and look at you. Like that's not going to work." And then he, he beat him. Like that's it. He just kind of worked him over and fucking beat him, and that was it. And and, and like, but again, that worked in the style. Nobody wants Nick Gage to go in there and start throwing fucking toe holds and and kimuras and all that. So nobody wants that. They want him to try like hell, maybe probably not win, and then who cares? Because it's Nick fucking Gage. And he, Tosses the referee out of the ring, and everybody goes nuts. And it was perfect. Exactly what it needed to be. What these people, what these people mean to say is it's not shoot style presented in the way that they want. Correct. But it's still shoot style. Um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, this had incredible... I mean, the post-match, I, I thought that they didn't peak this properly. You know, it's worked. You can peak it properly. You know, it's not a real fight. But the post-match made up for that. Because the post-match was red hot. And... It is like, okay, when I saw the total package, I was like, oh, okay, it's okay that the match ended prematurely because they peaked it in the post. Does that make sense? Right, so exactly. as a total yeah, yeah, package, yeah. Yeah, so as a total package, this worked for me, and, and, and I did enjoy it. And then for some reason, Killer Cross called out Batista. <laughs> right, which I don't know what. The idea was there. That seems kind of odd, and I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, there we go. So, well, look forward to Killer Cross versus Batista, which will never ever happen. But uh, I got some social media buzz out of it, so I guess that's one thing. But it, you do kind of look geeky if you like you challenge a guy and then he doesn't accept your challenge. Because, yeah, but wait know. a minute, you think that they do this without already having Batista in the bag? <laughs> I think so. What do you think? You think Game Changer Wrestling's got? I mean, maybe I don't know, but 
maybe Batista's sitting home and he sees this shit and he's like, you know I hope what? that'd be fucking awesome. I hope so. It'd be great. So, I mean, I, you know, it's just weird that you would do a grandstand like that. I mean, maybe Batista's like, fuck it. This seems cool. You know, I call <laughs> my own shots now. Doesn't he seem wacky enough to do it, though? I guess. I just don't know if he's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a good read on Batista uh, at this point in his life. Yeah. Maybe he knows Killer Cross. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, oh, God, who knows? But uh, uh, main event here: uh, Josh Barnett defeats Chris Dickinson. I uh, spent 16 minutes. wasn't in love with this match. Went a little too long for my liking. Uh, I enjoyed certain parts of it, but yeah, I thought they they probably. I, and I get it. It's the main event. It's Barnett, and it's his thing or whatever. But I thought it just went a little too long for my liking. I thought Dickinson was was pretty cool in it though because he was trying to go for more of the strikes and. Burnett obviously trying to tap him out and, and, and work him over. But uh, yeah, to me, it just went a little too long and I started to get a little bit bored. And, and when it was over, it was like, you know, a good moment uh, to raise Josh Burnett's hand. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I just, I, it didn't click with me all that much. Yeah. Um, uh, what is this now? The uh, Barnett and Dickinson. The, oh, Barnett and Dickinson. Yeah, it was fine. I, yeah, it didn't really, it didn't blow me away either. I liked, I liked the uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Lawler match uh, way better than. Than this, and I like the spectacle aspect of the Killer Cross Nick Gage match because Nick Gage is a god to those fans too. That's the other thing. So it's like you know they treat him like a god, and there's just so much heat, and it's just so exciting every time he does anything for Game Changer. This was technically better, of course, but here's the other problem I had with this: I cannot buy that Chris Dickinson could go toe to toe with Josh Barnett in a shoot style setting. Right there, there's a there's a suspension of disbelief issue there. Right, where Minoru, yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Because Minoru Suzuki at WrestleMania weekend, I was there, and you could buy that Minoru fucking Suzuki could go toe to toe with Josh Barnett. I do not, yeah. I didn't buy that Dickinson, and I wasn't going to buy when Moxley was in there too, because it's like, no, Josh Barnett in a real setting would would beat this guy in five minutes, and and that's or five seconds, I should say, and that's that's the issue that I have with some matches in Bloodsport is I like when yeah. it's just like wrestler versus wrestler. It's like, all right, look, I don't know if Simon Grimm can beat Jared Kratos, but I'm going to find out. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Like Killer Cross. You know, I don't know. Maybe Nick Gage gets lucky and beats him because he's not, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, these guys, some of these guys trained or whatever, but like, it doesn't mean anything. But I had no, I mean, no earthly idea that like Chris Dickinson should go be able to go 17 minutes with Josh Barnett, uh, a former, you know, a big time, like major league MMA fighter. Like, there's no chance in hell that just like, you know, Dickinson could go with him. So that, that's one of the issues that, that you have with some of those guys there where it's like, okay, no, because that guy would just, no, <laughs> it's like, it, it's hard to suspend that disbelief, like you said. And I feel like there's probably a way to work it, to work a match like that to help with those issues. I don't know if they accomplished it, though, because I never really, I mean, I, I don't think it was a bad match, but I just, it didn't, it was okay. And, and I think part of the issue was I don't see Dickinson as a real fighter, and I see Barnett as like a guy who was one of the best in the world, whether he was juiced up or not, doesn't matter. I mean, you see, a former world heavyweight champion fucking shoot fighter. So against, a, a pro wrestler who I know nothing, who I don't believe has any kind of fighting background. So that was a little tricky, but, um, but they, the, the work itself was solid. I think Dickinson acquitted himself well in terms of the work and Barnett is always, listen, I'm a big Barnett fan in a, in a work and a shoot setting. I mean, I like him in both settings. I think he's a very underweight, underrated, you know, pro wrestler, like worked pro wrestler. So the work was good. I just, you know, the match a little long, uh, you know, and it, it it lost me at times, and I just I had some suspension disbelief issues. Rich, the Super Hulk tournament. You ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah, let's quickly. go quickly. Very quickly. So Manawa <laughs> beat Bob Sapp in the first round. 
Okay, so you can't have a Super Hulk tournament without Bob Sapp. No, Bob Sapp is okay. the Super Hulk, but not apparently not the Super Hulk. I thought he would. Well, be I mean, that. Bob Sapp, you know, he probably didn't win a win a fight in the last, you know, eight years of his career, but he's the perfect kind of guy for a freak show tournament. So Manawa Man defeats Bob Sapp. Jose Canseco lost the Hongman Choi. Yes, oh, Rich, wow. that Hongman Choi. <laughs> yes. You just saw it, Kobe. So uh, Canseco had to fight a freak show giant. Uh, there was a second freak show giant in this tournament, Jan Norte. I don't know if you remember him. And he lost to uh, Sokaju. Sokaju took out Jan Norte. And the ringer of this whole thing, Rich, was Musasi. You may have heard of Musasi. He's a pretty well-known fighter. He defeated Mark Hunt in the first round. Now, the winner of that fight was more than likely going to win the whole goddamn I was going to say, that matchup seems different than a lot of the other matchups. Yeah, those are... You know, Musasi, though, was the ringer. This was the guy that the Dream wanted to push at the time or whatever. So we get to the semifinals because you're probably trying to figure out how Manawa Man ended up winning. I this am, thing, right? yeah. So but... Manawa, Manawa Man defeats Hong Man Choi easily, as you figure he would. You know, Hong Man Choi just, you know, there because he's tall. Um, Musasi pulls out. So Musasi has an injury. He's gone. So Sokaju's new opponent is the re-entered Bob Sapp, because why not? <laughs> because it's Bob Sapp, and you're going to put him back in there. So, of course, Sokaju kicks his ass, and then uh, Manawa Man, and what I believe was an upset at the time, knocked out Sokaju in the finals and became the Super Hulk champion. As well, he should have, as he is like a real-life muscle. Like, remember muscle? Remember those things? The, I do. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like what he is. He's like the real-life version of a fucking muscle. Uh, man, so uh, he was your Super Hulk champion, and he got the belt that said H H L U K on it from the uh, from the little kid. And, uh, very cute stuff uh, from the kid with the belt, and that is how Manawa Man is forever the Super Hulk uh, Open Weight Grand Prix champion. So there you go. There you, you probably would have loved that tournament if you were paying attention at the time and uh, and got because you listen, it, you know, who doesn't like a little freak show MMA? We don't get enough. I do. That sounds incredible. Like, yeah, it sounds awesome. So yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Jose Canseco versus <laughs> Choi sounds like right up my fucking alley. But uh, that said, anyway, we are out of time here on the Voice of Wrestling flagship. Of course, go to voicesofwrestling.com for all the previews, reviews, and columns that we have. Uh, the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network as well. You can listen to this show as well as many, many others that we have on our network covering a range of topics all across the world of wrestling. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at Voices Wrestling and also patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling for our premium content. Uh, Joe's got the NFL Intelligentsia. I help you out with those mybookie.ag uh, bets that you're going to make. Uh, I have the Fall Brawl recall that I'm starting here pretty soon where I'm going to look at some old Fall Brawl uh, main events. We also have Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame coverage coming up in the next uh, a few weeks and months as well. So plenty of stuff for you there uh, at patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. So make sure you subscribe to that. And yeah, that's going to be it for us. So the, that's Joe Lanza and I'm Rich Craig. We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.